Trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm loco? Presents the Neil Rogers Show. To talk to Neil, dial 5670560 in Dade and Broward. In other counties, call toll-free 877-785-NEIL or pound 560 on your AT&T and Verizon wireless phones. The opinions expressed by Neil, his guests, or his callers do not represent those of WQAM management, staff, or sponsors. Now, the Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. America loves to watch boobs and butts and boinking. The following announcement is paid for by Adidas, Nike, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Hanes Underwear. Yo, what's up? This is LeBron James. Give me a little love. Yeah. Come on, boy. Yeah. I'm a basketball phenom out of Akron, Ohio. Yeah, Home of Firestone Tires for your car, truck, or SUV. Can I get a little bit of love on the Firestone Tires, my brother? Now, the Ohio State Athletic Association has suspended me for the rest of the season. Oh, man. I know, right? And declared me uh, unintelligible or something because yeah. I accepted two old school sports jerseys. Oh, come on. What? I don't understand what the hell I done wrong. Unlike most people, I got lots of birthdays during the calendar yeah, year. Yeah, Things like this here Pepsi twist, a twist on a great thing. Right, right, all right, all right, right. Anyway, drink Pepsi. Right. I'm just a normal 18 year old high school student who just happens to drive a fifty thousand dollar Hummer. Where's a diamond earring the size of a small child's head? Some of the office right here. Check this one. An unnamed school that's nestled in the bluegrass area. I got that. Offers a penthouse apartment, right. a penthouse pet, right. and a lifetime subscription to Penthouse Magazine. <laughs> I see they're offering like a theme package deal. Here's another institution in the heart of the Chapel Hill area, which will go unnamed. It says they be to have me. They have boxed up and sent to me a naked Russian woman direct from Russia, which I keep for my own, boy, right? I haven't unpacked it yet, but she's knocking and screaming and whatnot. I have my boy Tyrell here puts it in the garage with my box of Cougarans from an unnamed university closely associated with a Wolverine. Garage is spilling over. Anyway, I got to get back to class now with my boys. No, no, no. We gotta go. We gotta go. I already missed like three months so far. Oh snap! I just spilled my Pepsi twist on my new Hugo Boss suit. Look at this. I got a little McDonald's special sauce on there. Well, by the way, come on and party with the Big Mac. Where for a limited time, you visit one participating McDonald's and buy a Big Mac, you get another one for thirty-five cents. Thirty-five cents. It's your birthday. It's your Big Mac. It's your birthday. Seating has been paid for by Foot Locker, an unnamed university in the Nutmeg State, and Deaf Comedy Jam. Oh, boy. I don't want to hear his name ever again, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what is it with these sports nerds? They get a hold of one guy, and they just, they just become obsessed. Obsessed! Yeah, he didn't shake hands. He didn't do this. He does that. Ugh. Who cares? A exactly. If I never heard his name again, it would be too soon. And, and what kind of a guy's named LeBron anyway? What kind of a name is that? I'd say it's American. No, seriously, what kind of a horseball name is LeBron? 
Do you know anybody else named? Hey, Lebby. I thought Lebby is Le Le bastard. Isn't that Lebby? Yeah, but that's his last name. Yeah, that would be kind of a bad first name, Le Bastard. <laughs> hey, Lebaturd uh, Jones, how you doing? I don't know. I don't get it. Hyman Rath says, don't listen to the big dog often, but whenever he has a single male guest on, he invariably asks them uncomfortable questions about their sex lives. He isn't just concerned with how Drew Rosenschwartz is doing with the ladies. Joe has to be the most sexually frustrated married guy ever, and I know all about the inevitable leg lock that occurs in most relationships. Uncle Neil, you have some lovely lady listeners. Maybe they can explain why they shut it down for no apparent reason. Sometimes I envy you gay guys with all your sex parties. <laughs> all your sex parties. Oh, yeah. Let me know when the next one is. Maybe Joe Bell will be the pivot man because he keeps, every day he's emailing. Every day or texting, emailing, whatever. Leave me alone, Joe. Just go away. Don't go away mad. Just go away. You bother me. Which, of course, is his intent, as you know. Hmm. I'm sitting at my machine losing my ass yesterday at Woodbine, and all of a sudden my Blackberry goes, yeah, like that. And I look, and it's uh, Jolly Joe Bell again. Not not calling, thank God, emailing, texting. Tell me about, oh, the numbers came out a day early, and you went up quite a bit, but uh, still got a long way to go. But I'll call you tomorrow, and we can discuss it, and we can discuss that new studio. How it's, the new studio now, you tell me, ain't going to be ready till maybe Monday? I'm saying Monday at the latest. Could be tomorrow. The could which be. Monday, which month, and which year? No, they're working on it hard, so, I mean, it should be ready. Yeah, they're working on it hard, all right. How about the studio? Yeah, that too. Soon. The phone, Soon. no dots. No. Oh, well, that not. See, now, this is also, the story keeps changing every day. The I got phone... the update today. Basically, what he said is that the, the IT guy that has to take the firewall, poke a hole in it so your phone system could work, mm -hmm. would have to redo that whole process again once the new studio is ready, so they're just going to wait to do it all at one time. No, sure, we wouldn't want to have to do that again. No. So that means no phones today, no phones tomorrow, and then on Friday when you're working, no phones Friday. No, I'll take phones on Friday. Oh, will you? Because I have the dots. Oh, you have the dots there. Yeah. That's right. And you can control it. You mm -hmm. have the control over it as opposed to here, which if I had you punch him up, I have no control. Right. Roscoe says, you better know your Steely Dan lyrics, mister, because you sure don't. You sang in a plaintive and sarcastic voice, Are we out of gas? Are we out of gas? Sir, the correct lyrics are, Is, the, is there gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. Perhaps, while not poetic genius, it's at least as compelling and artistic as in the year 2525, if man is still alive, if woman can survive. Yeah. Now that song, Suck Large Ones, Jesus, I'm thankful that I never have to be subjected to another Zagrin Evans song, he says. I think that song was great in the year 2525. Okay. You don't like it? No. Zagrin Evans in the year, I thought that, that was a fabulous song. I loved it. As, as opposed to, uh, is there gas in the car? Yeah, I mean, what difference does it make what the lyrics are? It's just the same pseudo-intellectual claptrap. It's garbage. Mm -hmm. I hate Steely Dan. Oh, despise it. Then he says, sir, in your polls, you should ask which people, songs, movies, etc. that we dislike the most. As spokesperson for your South Florida audience, I can tell you we are much more emotional and passionate about things we hate. Oh, I know that. Bah! I know that. And then this part of this is just tragic. Also, sir, we would appreciate if you'd be more consistent with the types of movies that you say you like and the movies you recommend to us, your appreciative audience. Yeah, I should be more consistent. About what you like. That's right. I should like what he wants me to like. You said you won't watch dreary, depressing uh, movies. That, well, I don't know about that. Requiem for a Dream was dreary and depressing. You can't get much more depressing than that. I've watched it about a half a dozen times. I love that movie. Wouldn't you think that was dreary and depressing? 
Yeah, whole drug addiction. And, oh, everybody yeah. was on drugs. Sarah was on drugs, and Jared was on drugs, and the black guy whose name, um, I don't know what, what his name was in the movie. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah, he was on drugs. And, of course, what's her name? Jennifer Conley. Miriam, she was on drugs. She's hot. Big time. She had a real problem. It's a, you said you won't watch very depressing movies, yet you constantly recommend and tout Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That's dreary and depressing. He says, while that movie is a nice venue for some truly great actors to display their talents, it was a serious bag of downers. You just want to reach for some Thorazine after sitting through it. And in closing, Roscoe says, retire. And then he says, love you, Neil. So he doesn't really mean, retire. Maybe he does. Who knows? Who cares? I didn't think it was a downer at all, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. In fact, I think it had some of the funniest stuff in history. The scene where Pacino is trying to get rid of the guy, get the guy out of the office who's coming back with his wife, doesn't want to let him buy the, buy the property. Have you made your decision for Christ? I think it's uh, some funny-ass stuff. Where did you learn your trade, you idiot? Who ever told you that you could work with men? What you're hired for is to help us. Does that seem clear to you? To help us. To help men who are going out there to try to earn a living. You company man. You fairy. Is that dreary and depressing? No. It's funny dialogue. It's funny stuff. I'm not saying the movie's a comedy, because it's not. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is one of the fine movies I've seen in a long time. And I and that had any complaints from anybody in the audience who said, Oh, gee, why'd you recommend that? I wasted two hours watching that crap. Everybody likes it. Except you, Roscoe. Okay, here's the poll from yesterday. Speaking of everybody like, oh, and then I got those numbers. Wow. It's a good thing we got them a day early so we can regurgitate them. Mm -hmm. and, by the way, did you notice in teens we have a 1.2 share? We don't have any teens listening because they're all in school midday, but nevertheless, that's how good this research is. We never showed up in teens. In, well, in the summertime we did. And back in the day before Joyce when we could play the funny cutting-edge stuff, yeah, then we did. But other than that, we don't show up. But now we got a 1.2 share in teens. Do you believe that? No. And the nighttime's got a 3.4. The nighttime, which back when they had the diaries, always had oh, point oh, like that for a long, long time. Oh, point oh. Since Eddie K got blown out. Now all of a sudden they've got a 3.4. And you want to know why? Why? Because this panel, as they call it, this panel of losers who they selected for this uh, new deal of theirs, they're sports nerds, a hell of a lot of them. No Neelys in there, not maybe maybe a couple, you know. But generally speaking, sports nerds. Oh, point. Oh. And all of a sudden, a 3.4. Do you believe we got a 3.4 share in men at night? No. Does anybody in the free world believe that? Do you believe we have a 1.3 in uh, this show? No. No. But Jolly Joe takes the time to text me at the Woodbine. I'm sitting there minding my own business, losing my ass at a dead machine, man. And all of a sudden, zzz, zzz. And he's threatening to call me again today. Guess what? I will not answer it. If you ever call me again, call Norma, okay? Have a nice chat. The two of you are birds of a feather. You're a match made in purgatory. Do not call me, because have, you have nothing to impart to me. When somebody tries to validate this new, obviously flawed, and being sued all over the country system of Arbitron, and they're trying to make, oh, well, we have to learn to play the game. We can't play the game because we don't have hardly any Neelys on the panel. Don't you love that term, the panel? See, back in the day, you had a chance because in the old days with the diaries, there were 12 weeks to each rating book, and each week there was a different group of people. The diaries were held for one week. And then they would, the second week, go to a different group of people and so on for 12 straight weeks. So you had a Chinaman's chance 
of them finding some of your audience when they turn it over 12 times. Here they're turning it over, for the most part, every two years. So we might as well just accept the fact that for two years our ratings are going to suck. No matter how much ingenuity Joe Bell comes up with or what he imparts, no matter how compelling his thoughts might be. Man, do I like that. Hey, Dad, why is gas so expensive? Well, uh, son, aren't you a little young to be, uh, huh, whew, gas prices? <laughs> oh, boy, this is hard. Um, are you sure I can't tell you where babies come from instead? You know, like, first you get a woman drunk. That should make it easier to get her naked. But I want to know why gas is so expensive. And then uh, there's the role-playing to help keep the Don't be embarrassed to talk to your kids about rising fuel prices. Trust us, they'll listen. And you can't wear a rubber, right? <laughs> because how else would you impregnate them? Dad! <laughs> you know what? It's probably best to explain a woman's cycle first. Yeah, why don't we start with that? Yeah. Let's start with the menstruation. 1017 at 560 WQAM. Happy Wednesday to you. Our new studio is going to be ready one of these days. Then we'll be able to take phone calls and the uh, dump might work. Somebody said that Dan LaBastard, where's that email? I'll find it here somewhere. Oh, yeah. LaBastard said the F word on there yesterday. Let's see what happens to him, it says. Ooh. Do you believe that? Maybe. Why not? Well, it seems to be going around, doesn't it? But at any rate, here's the poll of final tally from yesterday. This should take us up till midnight. Now, the one seven years ago, July 1, 2002, the top three, you know, the top two were the same. And then I noticed the final tally here, they're all switched around, which is good. What's the point of taking the same poll seven years later and getting the same result? We had a lot more votes this time. We had 852 the first time, 970 this time. Isn't that amazing, since we allegedly lost 99% of our audience? <laughs> yeah. Wall of Doodoo, Mexican radio, radio, had 97 votes the first time, 86 votes this time, number one. Never heard it. Well, you played it yesterday. It sucks. Climax and Precious and Few Blech. was second with 49. Had 75 votes the first time, only 49 now. So it was a big runaway with Wall of Voodoo and Mexican radio. Norman Greenbaum, which wasn't even on the poll the first time, third, Spirit in the Sky, 47. What did it, you talk about depressing and morbid. Yeah, and we added that late yesterday, too. Yes, Norman Greenbaum, 47 votes. They just like the name. They think he's Jewish. He's but not. it seems to me he was like, he was born Jewish, and then he was like a born-again nut. I don't know. Strange guy. Blues Image, Ride, Captain Ride, 41. Soft Cell, Tainted Love, also another late edition, 39. Should I read all of these? There's like 5,000 songs that they put on here. No, nah, maybe the top ten. Get out of here. How about the double-digit ones? Okay. Top ten won't kill enough good time. Oh. Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. That was a very late edition. Got 38. The Knack, My Sharona, 36. Alicia Bridges, I Love the Nightlife, 36. Dexie's Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen, 35. Ace, How Long Has This Been Going On, 35. Bobby Day, Rockin' Robin, 33. Tony Basil and Mickey. Hey, Mickey, Mickey, that song just absolutely blows. Sucks. It blows chunks. 32. For Mickey, Mickey, you're so fine. The Toadies in Possum Kingdom, that was your edition, 28. Did well. Anita Ward, Ring My Bell, 27. Silhouettes, Get a Job, 27. Bow Wow Wow, I Want Candy, 26. The Five Man Electrical, electrical Band, <laughs> Signs, 24. It says oh, Electric Band. What? That's good. That's a good song. It's a great, not a good song, it's a great song. It's an outstanding song. Digital Planets, Rebirth of Slick, Cool Like That, 23. I don't know, that's not my music. I, I just don't get it. 
That's like LeBron, you know. Shinehead O'Connor, nothing compares to you, 19. Modern English, I melt with you, 18. Nothing like a good patty melt, you know, with onions and cheese. Oh, mm. God. Waitresses, I know what boys want, 18. Undisputed truth, smiling faces sometimes, 16. Brandy and looking glass, 14. Gene Knight, Mr. Big Stuff, 14. Saigon Kick, love is on the way, 14. You said they're from Fort Lauderdale. That's true. Still don't care. Mazzy Star, fade into you, 13. Laurie London, he's got the whole world in his hands, 13. The Weather Girls, it's raining men, 12, and they all look just like Tom Brady. Dan Lear's One Summer Night, 12. Green Jelly, Three Little Pigs, 11. I never heard of that. Yeah, it's a good thing. It sucks. Oh, Blur, Song 2, 10. Biz Markie, Just a Fran, 10. I'm your friend. And that's all the double-digit ones, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, the ones that didn't get any, Free Movement, I found someone of my own, and Joe Public, Live and Learn, got zero. The big... Oh! He'll be on it, too, by the way, the big... Rock solid. Oh, then we got Mad Dog 4 to 7 in the studio. Dolphin Night 7 away, where they got that highly uh, touted 3.4 share at night, allegedly. In this latest uh, bogus sampling. Are you How sure? How can I have a zero? Huh? Are you sure? A three something? 3.4. We had threes for all the sports segments, and we had a 1.3. Which goes to show you, like I told your good buddy, fat ass Jolly Joe, when we discussed this a couple weeks ago, when this stuff all started, the, the panel has got a lot of sports nerds, which is why at Ten o'clock, a lot of Joe's audience goes across the street, allegedly, and they don't listen to they don't have Neely's in this uh, panel. And we're stuck with them for two years. So just get used to it, Joe, okay? Don't be giving me a song to dance. I'm going to call you and we can discuss this. We have nothing to discuss. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know from you. I don't want to smell you. Okay? Just go the hell away. He's going to teach me how to do a talk show, Joe Bell. Okay. How to be compelling. Right. He is, I, I hate to say it, but he's a real serious ass clown. I don't hate to say it, but I just, you know, that was like a disclaimer. Sure. Man's relationship with dog moves beyond petting, says the sheriff. There's a picture of this guy from Spotsylvania County in Virginia. And Scott, who sent this in, says, does this guy look like Hyman Roth? Not even a little bit. Not even a tiny little bit. He's got two eyes and nose and a mouth and a bald head. In that, I guess in that respect, he looks just like Hyman Roth. You know, the listeners, some of, some of you folks out there need some very serious assistance. You think I'm right? Yes. I just, I don't get it. I mean, this guy looks about as much like Hyman Roth as I look like Hyman Roth. In other words... This is the business we've chosen. <laughs> I've got a Hyman Roth obsession. Not as much as the sports nerds have got a LeBron obsession. I mean, Joe gets obsessed with that. He must have a man crush on LeBron, just like the one he's got on Roger Federer. Don't you mean fag crush? A fag crush, yeah. Well, he's obsessed with Roger Federer. I'll tell you one thing. Your taste in men is really bad, Joe. Let me tell you. Roger Federer is ugly as a pile of elephant dung. He is gross. And he's just an all-around annoying guy, too. I don't know. What's there to like about him? John Ward is accused of crossing the line with a family dog in Spotsylvania, Virginia. A man's family turned him into police after he admitted to fooling around with the family dog. <laughs> fooling around. Oh, my God. Robert John Ward, 66. See? My age. Wow. Was arrested yesterday for alleged bestiality. <laughs> Deputies began investigating Ward after a family member called authorities with the allegation. Ward admitted to a deputy he had touched the dog inappropriately and that he'd had the dog perform sexual acts on him, according to the sheriff's orifice. Oh. 
A vet examined the dog, found that the, her anal glands were swollen, the sheriff's office said. Oh, my her God. Her anal glands were swollen. The accusing relative said the dog had been acting strange for several weeks. I bet. <laughs> Wards being held without bond at the Rappahannock Regional Jail. Rappahannock and Spotsylvania. Some strange names in Virginia. I've been in Richmond once many, many years ago. I've driven through there a couple of times, I guess, up 95. But I've never really, like, hung out in Virginia. Mm -mm. Have you? Nope. I mean, if I had to pick a bunch of places where I really would want to, like, spend some quality time, that would be one of the last is Virginia. But it's for lovers. Is it really? Well, that's what they say. They have those wild gay sex parties that uh, Schmendrick was talking about? <laughs> I guess. Steve, your longtime listener, says, I've been out of the country, unable to listen to you for about three years. I had a vacation uh, to somewhere and so forth. Well, this is chopped off really bad. What happened to George? Fired. Budgetary cuts. Fired. Outrageous behavior by Joe Bell and Jolly Joe and Joyce or whatever her name is. Says, I'm on my way to Germany. Looking forward. Any suggestions where to go? I'll be close to Italy and Spain. I'm thinking Italy is my first trip. Yeah, well, Rome isn't close to uh, Germany, but nevertheless, it's worth going on down there. Trust me. Or go to Milan. The food is crap and the uh, city is crap. But go to Milano. You won't like it. See, in northern Italy, they eat like a lot of risotto, which I don't know about you, but I hate risotto. Hmm. They use butter in the cooking. And in Ooh. southern Italy, they use olive oil, mm. which is another another reason why in the movie Godfather 3, Eli Wallach, I realize he didn't write the dialogue, but that thing where the assassin, you know, and the donkey uh, donkey imitating son, they're, they're having their big meeting, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the assassin is feeding Eli Wallach lunch, whatever. And he's eating the bread. Capone, Capone. And then, then he smears on some olive oil, which is very common in southern mm -hmm. Italy, and I'm sure in Sicilia. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and he acts like, oh, it's a bit, oh, only olive, like, like it's a surprise. There's olive oil on the table to dip the bread in. I mean, that would be like saying, oh, you know, spaghetti sauce on a, it's just, just ridiculous. Whoever wrote the dialogue for Godfather Three ought to be on death row along with Sofia Coppola, and especially Eli Wallach. Force-feed him the cannolis, please. Grab my junior, honey. If you want to see that, action news is where it's at. Taking you down to a special report from Dave Gang. All you can eat buffets. Are they as advertised? Dave? Thank you, Diana. We're here at the local Sizzler and have gone undercover. Ah, uh, Dave. Undercover? That's right. Undercover. I'm approaching the all you can eat salad bar for the seventh time. Sir, don't you think you've had enough? I, I thought this was a buffet. Yeah, but. 
1033 at 560 WQAM. In fact, wasn't that a line in the movie Network when they were talking about the Howard Beale show debuting and not getting an auspicatory start? I think so. In other words, no uh, Hispanics were watching. So here's somebody. Ricky says the phrase is Vermont is for lovers. Sorry, Flea, you missed that one. Keep up the good work. Not Virginia. Vermont is for lovers. I've seen Virginia ones, too. Virginia Beach is for lovers. Vermont. Okay. Says Ricky. I, I don't know. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to either one of them. Well, Vermont's not bad, I guess. I don't know. I've never been there either. No. I've been through Virginia, and I was in Richmond once. Maybe I stopped at like a IHOP or something. I don't know. When you're driving up and down the the highway, I-95, or like the Florida Turnpike, a- any one of those highways, there always are a zillion rest stops and fast food joints. Waffle House. Oh, yeah, lots of Waffle Houses, lots of Mickey D's, lots of Burger King, lots of Wendy's, lots of Kentucky Fried. And occasionally, if you're driving, like, in the right places, you get a Hardee's. Hmm. I'm not sure which I want to do next, uh, This uh, these uh, numbers. Although, uh, Jolly Joe said that uh, it's not compelling to do the weekly numbers. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me the other day. Oh, yeah, it's not compelling radio. You know what? It compels me to tell you, blow it out your ass, okay? Get your nose out of this show. You've done enough damage already. You and Joyce have teamed up to do irreparable damage the last three years. Just uh, go away. Norman Greenbaum, born in November 20th, 1942. Wow. I'm 15 days older than him. He was born in Malden, Mass. Singer-songwriter. He studied music at Boston University. He's best known for a song, Spirit in the Sky, which sold 2 million copies in 1969 and 70. Hmm. The disc sold over a million by May 1970 alone and received a gold disc awarded by the RIAA, the Record Industry uh, Association of America, whatever that is. The song, with its combination of heavy guitar, hand-clapping, and spiritual lyrics, was a one-hit wonder. Well, thank God, the song has been used in many films, ads, and TV shows. Greenbaum is notable for the rare achievement of having recorded two one-hit wonders. In 1968, under the name Dr. West Medicine Show and Junk Band, he recorded the novel to hit the eggplant that ate Chicago. Hmm? You knew that? No. Well, there you go. What an educational uh, and compelling show this is, man. Greenbaum had a second song in the charts in 1970, Canned Ham. It reached number 26 in Canada, number 46 in the USA. His last chart hit in America was California Earthquake, which got up to number 93 in 71. It's not much of a hit if it gets up to number 93 on the Billboard 100. In 1971, Greenbaum used Crossfire as a backing band in 73, 74, which included Mitchell Froome and Gary Pill, P-I-H-L, Peel, Pile. Okay. Whoever that is. Another group, Doctor and the Medics, became a one-hit wonder of sorts with their version of Spirit in the Sky in 86. They had a minor hit with a follow-up, Burn, and a hit album, Laughing at the Pieces. And the British TV stars, the Kumars, also became one-hit wonders in the U.K. when they reached number one with Gareth Gates with the same song in 2003. 
Also in 1986, an all-girl punk band called Fuzzbox had a hit with the song as well, Spirit in the Sky. Interestingly, although his one hit, Spirit in the Sky, is considered by many to be a Jesus rock song with a heavily Christian theme, Greenbaum was and still is a practicing Jew. See, I was wrong about that. He was inspired to write the song after observing country singers Dolly Parton and Porter Wagoner singing a religious song on TV. Wow. Greenbaum lives in Petaluma, California. He no longer performs in public, continues to promote concerts, and lives off the royalties from his songs. His song, Spirit in the Sky, is featured on the video game Rock Band 2. Hmm. Maybe a little bit too much information, huh? Could be. About Norman Greenbaum. They've also got an interview with Norman Greenbaum. Maybe I can read that. I don't think so. Not good. We're going to take calls starting next week. And interestingly, you you were telling tales about how you got those uh, two lunatics uh, nailed to the wall. I think so. Do you? I'm hoping. Well, don't don't uh, you know give up the info. No. Here's one that says, always thought Spirit in the Sky was a goof, especially after the follow-up canned ham. According to Wiki, Norm is still a practicing Jew. Yeah, I just read it. That's from The Whistler. Let's take a look at today's poll. It's another oldie I brought back. I'm bringing back all the oldies, you know, because I'm not getting any really anything inspirational new from the audience. Mm -hmm. 181 votes on this poll. What is your recreational drug of choice? We need to add to there none. Okay, I'll do that. Now, we could put on there um, sugar. That was down 94. By the way, whoever's sending it, it's Manny Munoz. Forget about sending me any more fake Jimmy Syphilis emails. I'm not wasting my time with them. I'm not wasting my time. You think that's a bad move? I think it's a really smart move because they are not the least bit compelling. Well, here's somebody sent me this, Northern versus Southern Italian Cuisine. Well, maybe if I have a lot of time, I'll get to that. Okay, none. Did you add that onto our thing here? I did. And what about sugar? Do you want to add that as a, a drug of choice? Sure, if you want. It's addictive. So is caffeine. Classify, huh? So is caffeine. You want to put caffeine? Nah, not really. Well, then don't put sugar. It's not a drug. Although it certainly is powerfully addictive as any drug. Oh, yeah. What's your recreational drug of choice? 183 votes. Alcohol, 95. Marijuana, 59. Other. Prescription, designer, etc., 17. Cocaine, 5. Crystal meth, 2. Heroin, 2. Uh, none, 1. Acid, 1. Ecstasy, 1. And, of course, when I recommend those bad movies like Glengarry Glen Ross, they start popping the Thorazine, you know. That was one of the most idiotic piles of crap. Yeah, if I'd be more consistent with my movie recommendations... Oh, God, the pain. The pain is so great. Throw me my pills, please. Bill Rogers, God. 560, behind the scenes. Whoa, gentlemen, as you know, there's a new rating system that we're not allowed to talk about. And here to talk about it is People Meter Mo from the new Pee Pee Poopy Compo rating system. <laughs> now, see here, this new rating system we got here is floorless. Why, we can dream up any number to the highest bidders. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? Okay. Because I know Clarence is on vacation. He's on his honeymoon. Right. But that uh, bit was obviously not cleared by anybody. I don't think so. Oh. Well, in other words, I'm not playing it. Okay. Not that I have any problem with it, but it's just, uh, you know, 
Now, they, these people are all over the place, you know. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm starting to. Yeah, you're starting to catch on. All over the place. Michael says, I was very happy to hear you speculate last week that Sid Rosenberg might take over afternoons at 560. You are right. Sid definitely has a big New York mouth, but he also books big-time guests and does a passionate, quirky show. Yeah, he did a really big number over there in the morning. Not. I would be thrilled if Sid got back on here. The only strange thing would be tuning into more than one 560 program per day. And by the way, LeBastard said the F word on the air yesterday, so we'll see what happens then. This is the guy that gave me the spy report, who obviously listens over there a substantial part of the day. Over there? Mm-hmm. Isn't across the street? I can't believe that last bit. I just, you know, everywhere I turn, everywhere I look, it's like all this stuff is blurting and uh, squirting and just, I don't know. Now, I don't know about these, uh, the second week of May, May 7th to May 13th. That's the uh, latest Arbitron uh, crap that we got yesterday. Right. The coast is still kicking ass. They're number two in the morning. And number one continues to be big. Paul and Ron, 8.7 share, baby. Of course, they also did 8.7 in midday. Big, the coast, background stuff. WMIA had a 7.2 share in the morning. 5.8 in the midday, etc. Anything else of interest? What about the, Bubba, the uh, Love Spork? I didn't look. Oh, you didn't look? WHDR? Oh, we don't have the 18 to 34 men. I don't. Do you? Uh, I can get them, yeah. Well, maybe you might want to take a peek at that, because that's his demo. Because in the morning, they only had a 2.1 share in men 25.54. Paul and old Ron had an 8.7, and he had a 2.1. Which is interesting, because the rest of the day parts on HDR, like an afternoon drive, they had a 4.6, and at night they had a 6.3, according to this horseball system. Well, the panel, it's the panel, you know, this is the panel we got, and the uh, panel my ass. WQAM. 3.8 share in the morning. This is men 25.54. We went from a .4 in the last one to a 1.3, more than tripled. And still nobody in the free world believes that number. Afternoons, Man Dog went to a 3.3, which I think he beat out the uh, goofball across the street. La bastard. It looks like all I have is persons 18 to 34. Let's see. Across the street, they had a 2.9. Man Mandich had a 3.3, so he beat him. Well, we actually beat them 1.3 to a 1. Point... Oh, oh! Is there anybody who believes these numbers other than Joe Bell, who says, oh, I didn't say I believe them, but this is what we have to live with. It's here, it's here. Yeah, you're here, too. we got to live with you. That's the really sad part. Nighttime, 3.4 we've got in men. Is there anybody in the history of the human race who would believe that, including D.A.? Now, let's see about IOD, because I'm sure that Manny and Jimmy are sitting over there on each other's laps, squeezing and hugging. Are they on this list at all, or do you not? Uh, I don't know. I didn't send you all of the pages because it was oh, taking it so long. Here they be, WIOD. In the mornings, they had a 4.8. Middays, that's Rush, 5.4. Afternoon, that's your buddy Schmidt, 5.8. And then at night, 3.6. W-I-O-D. What about INZ with their sports nerd crap? Are they making any impact at all? The 50th sports nerd. Oh, in the morning they've got a... Look at that. 
Let me double check and make sure I've got the right number here. See, unless you're on the right page, page five of nine, I need to get page. Oh, you didn't send them all. No, it's taken way too long, but I can if you want. No, that's okay. Who cares about another sports nerd station? Oh, here it is. Average weekly cum in the morning is a oh. zero. So I guess the share couldn't have been too much. I can't find the other page. I don't have page six. Have you got page six? Yeah. And at the top, what does it say for the share in the morning? Um, 4.5. Get out of here. How could they have an average weekly cum of zero and they've got a 4.5 in the morning share? I don't know. It keeps locking up on me, so I was probably reading the wrong thing. Yeah, I think you're reading the wrong thing. Oh, you don't have it in print. You have it on your computer, is that it? That's okay. Nobody is going to have a nervous nervous crap about the INZ. Wait, I think I got it. You got it? I think so. It's got INZ. In... Let me see. Yeah. Page 5 of 9, page... I need 6 of 9. Where is that? This is compelling. No, this is not <laughs> compelling. This is coma-inducing. Share would have been... A 0 0.3. Wow. Yep. Even we did better than that. Okay, the fake Blob Lassiter says, how could, you, how could that young punk flea hate Steely Dan, one of the best bands of all time? You keep running off the older listeners along with Hank Ed Kaplan and Ken Malden. No one gives a crap about the young punks. They have no soul. Why is WIOD and Fox News getting all the ratings? Is the country moving to the right again? No, Blobbo, you better check the election results from November, okay? The country is not moving to the right. Because those people, they vote with their viewing and their listening. They're like the um, religion, the religionists. Same crap, you know. The right-wingers, they, it is a religion to them. And they listen nonstop, 24-7, round the clock. Barry says, thanks for introducing me to the movie Requiem for a Dream via the music and then the film which you so correctly talked up. Agazunov ya ach. Ech. What does that mean? Agazunov ech. Ech. When they start hitting me with Yiddish that even I don't understand, then I know I'm in big trouble. Do you understand that? What well, you don't? You're. Uh... It sounds more German to me. I don't know. No, it's not German. It's a uh, Yiddish. Uh, it sounds more German. Well, what you know about Yiddish, man? I could stick in the thimble and have room for Joyce's ass left over. Pretty much. You've got to be kidding me. Here's one. It says, "Hey, Uncle Neil, I missed the hell out of George, but Flea is doing a good job. When the summer schedule starts, though, I'll start drinking." Says Ed. Me too. Oh, poor Ed. Ed is so chronic. Hey, Ed, what are you trying to tell us? I have no life. Get a life. Philip says, you guys left out the obvious winner in yesterday's poll. Aha's take on me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I wonder if John Levitt recorded that. Uh-huh. Also, I'm a 28-year-old male who's listened, listened religiously ever since my biological father, as opposed to Catholic father, turned me on to you. At the time, you just developed your fag crush on Enrique Iglesias and played great bits like Sofa King and Star Trek Vulcan bit. Both were awesome, and both shall be missed greatly. They really want to stick it to you, Gramps, and I wouldn't let him F Joe Smell and watch out for the flea. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one responsible for your mishap and George's departure. He is Joe's close personal ass licker and all. <laughs> Take care, and you'll bless, says Evil Al. And Evil Al, Evil Al doesn't trust you. No. I'm sure you're very distraught about it. Yeah, I think I'll sleep okay tonight. Will you? I will, too, if I don't get that stupid phone call. 
Oh, I'll call you tomorrow. No, you won't. Percy in Miami Lake says, Neil, the numbskull who did not like you recommending Glengarry Glen Ross has absolutely no taste in movies. The Alec Baldwin speech at the beginning of the movie has to be one of the most compelling scenes in American cinematography. How do you like that? It's compelling. Hmm. Not just good. Oh, the fake Johnny Dolan sends me a thing very boring about getting drugs out of a vending machine. Here's one says, I like sniffing glue, not on the pool, unless my glue sniffing has caused me to miss it. Yeah, you want to put sniffing glue on there? I had one other one say that. Yeah, we could also add huffing gas. I know the kids do that. Huffing gas? Yeah. Oh, my. It depends on what kind of gas it is, I guess. Pretty expensive to be huffing gas these days, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yeah. Neil, if this deal to sell the Panthers goes through, you'll be able to buy stock in the Panthers in the public stock market. Actually, they can already buy shares in the company that's proposing to buy the team, although they haven't completed the Well, Why do I want to buy stock? What do I want uh, to do with that? Although it's a good thing Alan Cohen is uh, getting out of it, because he has just demolished that franchise. He has just butchered it. Right on down the line. Butchered. Nice going, Alan. The Dow's down 75 points. Oh, and there's uh, Obama with the King Saud, King uh, Faud, what, Abdul Aziz, Saudi Arabia. Thank you, Mr. President, for those low gas prices, by the way, not and the uh, weak American dollar, not. I noticed that uh, Obama doesn't hold hands with the Saudis like his predecessor did. Remember that? Yeah. Bandar Bush, holding hands, drinking fine wine, smoking big fat stogies up on the White House balcony. I think the Saudi uh, king is talking in Yiddish. He says, what kind of a president is this, a skinny Schwarzer? What is that? He says, isn't he from the NBA? I wonder if uh, LeBron knows the president, do you think? Maybe. Because pretty soon I think that's going to be the new format, all LeBron all the time. Going to put that Jimmy and Danny to shame. Listening to Neil Rogers. Well, here we go again. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Dude, let's talk about an 18 year old who wants to transfer out of the U. That's not right, man. Being sport holes makes it our business to pry into a family's decision on how to raise their kids, right? Yeah, dude. Sure. Sports is too hard for you? Man up, bitch. Like all you sissies who don't want Michael Vick to play again. So what? He killed a few dogs. What's that got to do with sports, man? He's a great athlete, and not to mention makes great vapor rub, too. Absolutely. I agree with everything you say. I mean, like, Hitler could really dance a good polka, man. I mean, he could have been on Dancing with the Stars, dude. Sure. Tim McVeigh, he was a huge baseball fan, I and mean, he could have had a show right here. Oh, yeah. You see that guy in Leavenworth? No. He would eat the brains out of his victims, dude. Cool. I love those guys. That's just the kind of competitive spirit we need in sports. I absolutely agree with everything you say. If they have the ability to play football, if they have the ability to play baseball, if they have the ability to play basketball, I say man up, bitch. Let them play, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. Just kidding. No, that's really my view. News up next. Or maybe not. Who cares? What's this show got to do with sports? Yeah, good point. 
560 WQAM. Dow's down 75 point. Anybody care? No. Anybody got any stock, any money? No. If you do, send it to us. We can use it. I'll take it to Woodbine and triple it for you, guaranteed. Or maybe not guaranteed, but I'll give it my best shot. Robert from Seattle says, I listened to your archives and heard you rant and rave about Doubt and the Neighbors, so I decided to watch both of them. I thought that Doubt was a great movie with great performances by all the actors involved. As for the title of the movie, I must say I don't have any doubt about the father's actions and history at prior schools. What removed all doubt is the call that the mother superior said she made to his last school. If he was innocent, why did he leave his position at the school? You agree with that? I couldn't quite figure that part out, why he left. Did she rat him out a little bit and he just left because they wanted to get him out of there or did he leave on his own? Who knows? Right. One actor should get mentioned is the actress Viola Davis who played the black boy's mother. Everybody agrees with that. Her performance with Meryl Streep as they were walking together was excellent. I especially remember when she kept saying it was only until he graduated in June. Yeah. yeah. As for the neighbor, I didn't care for it at all and didn't see it all the way through. <laughs> Jesus, are you kidding me? That is just amazing to me. I think that Lee, as your official sidekick producer, should get an email address on the Neil Rogers webpage so when he does the summer shows, we can email him with comments and material. Also, Lee, on your summer shows, please don't have the Derby Girls or Lucy, Lucy <laughs> Lopez on. No Derby Girls. And what about Lucy Lopez? Nah, she's downstairs now, so. So what? So she won't make it up here. She won't? In other words, you don't want her on the show. Why don't you just come out and say it? Don't, don't give me that she's downstairs. If you wanted her on, she'd come waddling up the stairs, I'm sure. But you don't want her on, right? And I don't think she waddles. Well, whatever she does, scurry up the stairs. Scurry's probably better, yeah. Maybe in the old days she would scurry with Kid Curry. Remember, Kid? did you know Kid Curry? I did. He was a good guy, and he, did, he vanished under very uh, bizarre circumstances. He just, you know, one day he was there, and the next day he was not. But you know this business. That's the way it works. One day you're there, and the next day, oh, I don't know what happened to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, and don't forget, you wanted to mention the uh, High Life Cafe event happening today? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll find it. Let's see. Here it is, right here. See how organized I am? Oh, yeah. Chuck Smith at the uh, High Life Cafe says, just a quick reminder about High Life Cafe wine dinner on June 3rd. That's tonight. They have still a few spaces available for this amazing dinner. There have been a couple of wine changes for the better, I think, he says. If you'd like to check out the menu with wine pairings, go to highlifecafe.com. Click on the specials tab. That's H-I-L-I-F-E, highlifecafe.com. And don't forget about Chef Carlos's next cooking class, June 17. Good guy, Chuck, and great food at the High Life Cafe. So that's tonight. You going to go by? Maybe I might. I love that place. George did, too. I haven't heard anything from George in several days now. I hope he's okay and I hope he's still alive. I think Cordes talked to him on Monday and, yeah. and said nothing new. <sighs> Shirley Yan says, you know, Shirley that brought the 40 bucks to Georgia Gulfstream that day, who I thought was a really nice lady, and she probably is, but she doesn't like you. That's okay. She says, I'm a long-time listener and a great fan, but Flea is another beast. Boy, that's a shot. Obviously has money, so doesn't need the income from the show. <laughs> yeah. You're loaded, aren't you? Oh, man, it's just crazy how much cash i got. Buckets. Shirley, Shirley says, I do believe now that he stabbed George in the back and will do it to you the first chance he gets. Watch your back. Wow. Watch your ass. Wrecked him. Says Shirley. Okay. 
I guess she, she won't be bringing stab me in the back. Yeah, she won't be bringing me any money if we're back at a Gulfstream anytime no. soon. Huh? No, that's for damn sure. Dang, she'll bring you a bag, all right. There'll be some something in it with an aroma, an aroma that could put you into a coma. Oh, here's that thing about Conquistador. I read it yesterday. Oh, I still got stuff from yesterday with the, uh, the one-hit wonders. Oh my God. We need a whole, we need a slew of emails today. Neil at neilrogers.com. We need a lot of stuff. Can't take any calls because the phones aren't working yet because we're not in our new studio, which was promised toward the end of this week. And uh, then now we're saying Monday, maybe? I'm saying Monday at the latest. At the latest. I, I just, I think you're saying that kind of like tongue in cheek. Like you, you yourself don't believe it? Well. I mean, there are just so many bizarre things going on. Like, you know, like yesterday, we had a double dose of bizarreness, and Corso was right in there with his finger on it. Mike Johnson says, just finished listening to your first two shows back this week on my plane ride to Tokyo. Nothing better than to have two broadcasts of your show to help pass the flying time. As I'm getting ready to continue on my journey for another seven-hour flight to Singapore, I'm currently downloading the Thursday show to get through this flight. This is from Friday, May 29, this past Friday. Also, I checked out the movie Doubt on the plane based upon your discussion. Excellent storyline. However, it seemed to end abruptly, though I guess that's what the writers wanted, leaving us to decide, did he do it or did he not? Now, didn't you tell me George hated that movie? He did. Well, maybe he didn't like it. He doesn't like movies that don't have a, that don't have closure. You know? Right. It says, I'm guessing that Thursday was probably the magical day that Flea got in the brand new Neil Rogers finished studio, right? Oh, yeah, hope you killed him in Mohawk. Oh, Poor Mike. Mike is delusional. Mohawk sucks, number one. I was there 20 minutes and flew out of there. And number two, a new studio still ain't ready. I don't want to say that this move into the new building was a premature situation, but it was. Badly, badly, badly handled. So I keep getting these emails about the Humper really doing the uh, sports update and the traffic on 790 two yeah. nights ago. It happened. Steve Sloan told me he heard it. He heard it. And what's it all about? I don't know. Just just for yucks, is that it? I think so. <laughs> Boy. I, I think I think it's not so much a reflection of the fact that Hank wants back on here or that, or the fact that he likes them over there. Just just a way of giving a shtuch to this place. Oh, yeah. Which I, I sure don't blame him for that. And neither would anybody else. Juan says, thank God, Neil, God is back. Nobody will ever replace you. Yeah, that's what you think. Who can do a four-hour show by himself with little or no help from your producer? I do have to admit, Flea is pretty good, and so was D.A. So was D.A.? Oh, my God, those three days from hell? I don't think they can do the show by themselves yet, but they're coming along. George was the same way. He was pretty bad in the beginning, but then he developed his own style, and it was a nice change of pace. Like I said before, D.A. was good when he was talking about general topics. I don't mind little, very little sports talk, but please... Calls from retards wanting to analyze why the Marlins are losing. They stink and nobody cares. <laughs> Neil, you can take your vacation in peace because I will be listening to Flea and D.A. during the summer. D.A.'s not going to be on during the summer. Where are they coming up with that crap? I don't know. I hope George gets a, a job soon. Love you, Neil, says Juan. Well, thanks, Juan. But D.A. is not going to be on. I guess because of those three days, they're assuming that uh, he and whoever else was on with them are going to be the summer replacement. Not going to happen. It's going to be Flea and Cordis, I'm told. Right. Is that correct? That and no is. tapes. No tapes. Absolutely, positively, no tapes. So we're told. Is it true that 
Tim didn't wear underwear because he had the thing about germs. In place of boxers or briefs, he wore depends because it was more sanitary. Who the hell is Tim? <laughs> oh, Tiny Tim. Uh-oh. Since you're the all-knowing deity, is this really true? I don't, I don't know, and I don't care. Why would anybody care? I don't know. I've heard that, too, though. Joe in Hollywood gives me a spy report about Mr. Ego, and we don't care. We don't uh, publicize that show. We don't, we don't go there, and neither does anybody else. I don't think they show up, but we, we barely move the Richter scale. Well, for one, one thing for me to be talking about ratings with this new system, I can't do it anymore. I can't knock anybody else's numbers because we, according to these people, don't have one. We got one, but it's just embarrassing. Although we're moving in the right direction and we still have a way to go, and blah, 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 yeah. I'll call you tomorrow. No, you won't. Dow's down 85 point. And the emails are just, you, you, you see what it's turned into? It's like with the phone calls. When you're building a poll, like yesterday, one-hit wonders, or best singer, male singer of all time, like we did last week, mm -hmm. then the emails are pouring in. They're just, I mean, there's just papers all over the floor and on the ceiling and on the walls. And it's funny because they're always telling you what you should like. Oh, yeah, well, that's nothing new. Right. Nothing new at all, like Shawshank. I haven't watched it, and I, st I have no intention of watching it. You may like it. And Schindler's List, I haven't watched that either. It's sitting in the other room. I've never seen that movie. Well, you better get with it, mister, if you want to be a little bit more Jewish. You better watch Irv Schindler's List, or else. Eisner. While spending the remainder of your golden years in the land of death, the one thing you have to depend on is your car. With Jew Canoe Theft on the rise, the people who brought you a big black guy named Ben Car Alarm now bring you an old Jewish guy named Eisen. Get away from my automobile. You big MF. Remember when we used to boost them back at Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we ought to get a bundle finish, baby. Yeah. The white ones are cooler. Yeah. Get away from my automobile. You big MF. What the hell is that? I object seriously to profanity like that. Get away from my automobile. You big MF. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Whenever some bastard tries to steal my car, I feel safer with an old Jewish guy named Eisen. Get away from my automobile, you big MF. Get your old Jewish guy named Eisen car alarm now and receive a free flower antenna. Get away, get away, get away from my automobile, you big, big MF. An old Jewish guy named Eisen Car Alarm. Now available at all Zare's stores. Oi! 1116 at 560 WQAM. We don't have a, a restaurant deal this week for tomorrow. No. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. I was ready for free food. Well, too bad. You lose. But I'm sure we'll have one the following week. In the new studio. Yeah. If we're in the new studio by the following week. Barry says, I can't believe you have railed against Randall Terry for disgusting comments against Dr. Tiller. <laughs> what is there to say about Randall Terry, who's a nut job that we haven't said a million times over the years? While this may be a tired issue, yes, you have the form to blast the right-wing pro-life nuts. Hope I can hear your correct thoughts, says Barry. Hmm. Here's Barry telling me what to talk about and what to say. Yeah, Randall Terry is a lunatic. Just like the guy from Kansas. What the hell is his name that goes to all the um, funerals? The homophobe lunatic? Fred Phelps, another lunatic. They've always been crazy, and they always will be, and they still are. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I may rush through this uh, 
this segment because Joyce is not far away. Uh oh. Heavy load down the road. I wonder what that's all about. Speaking of that, well, let's see what this one is. Not not a whole lot coming in, but it's strange. Hey, Neil, I'm the guy who lived in Hawaii in 2007 and 8, had all the problems there. Really? I moved to Charlottesville, Virginia in February this year, and we relocated. It's where the University of Virginia is located. The city was rated in the top ten small cities to live in over the last ten years, listed at number three. Charlottesville, Virginia. Do you ever hear that? Nope. I've heard of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. People seem to be nice, but it was only there's a lot of hillbillies up there. They must stay to themselves in the mountains. I lived in the Keys for 15 years and visited the Miami area on a regular basis. basics. And I know all too well about rude people. To hell with Joe Bell. They should go across the street. Don't forget to look both ways while crossing, Joe. Wow. And he's talking about the other people? Strange. Strange email from a strange guy, no doubt. Authorities revoked the licenses of a South Carolina funeral home and its director after he admitted one of his employees cut the legs off a six-foot-seven man without the family's permission so the corpse would fit in the casket. <laughs> a tisket, a tasket. He wanted to squeeze him in the casket. The State Board of Funeral Services voted unanimously Monday to close Cave Funeral Home in Allendale. The board also fined funeral director Michael Cave 500 bucks, ordered him to pay $1,500 for the investigation. In an agreement with the board, Cave said employees never told James Hines' family that his body might not fit in a standard casket. An unlicensed worker, Charles G. Cave, cut the legs with an electronics, electric saw without consulting relatives. Hines' widow has said his legs had been cut off between the ankle and calf and put back in the coffin, but the document didn't detail exactly what happened. Michael Cave did not immediately return messages left at his home in Venice on Tuesday. A phone number listed for a Charles Cave in Allendale was disconnected. The funeral board is drawing up its final order, and several members refused to comment until the documents were signed by Cave and filed with the state. Whether Cave can ever reapply for his license will be determined in the final order. Hines, 60, died in October of 2004 of skin cancer, and his family picked out a standard-sized casket at the funeral home. His wife, Anne Hines, said her husband's body was only shown from the chest up at the funeral, and nobody suggested a longer casket. I guess that is a dilemma, ain't it? I would think so. What do they do with Long obese people? Piano case. <laughs> Anne Hines said rumors about what happened to her husband's body started spreading soon after he was buried. Hines... An albino black man with several modest hits in the 70s as a soul and funk guitarist with Jay Hines and the Boys was well known in the town of 3,700 people about 75 miles west, southwest of Columbia. He became a preacher later in his life. Well, don't, don't all folks become preachers later on in life. Playing his guitar during services at the church he built and on a nearby Christian radio station until his death. The widow threatened a sue cave funeral home, and the business agreed to settle out of court as long as she didn't tell anyone how much she received. Anne Hines said workers never told her what happened or apologized. Authorities eventually caught wind of the rumor, leading a funeral service board investigator in County Corner to exhume Hines' body. It's been overwhelming, Anne Hines said. I've gotten lots of calls of support. also heard from people who said I should have just let this go. Let it go, Anne. They chopped off his legs to squeeze him in a casket. It would have cost a lot more for a much longer casket, I would think, wouldn't it? Not not having any expertise in that area. Maybe we've got some casket people in the audience. Think? I would think so. We've got some stiffs, I know that. Especially that email from the guy who used to be in Hawaii, and he's here and there. Well, they charge you for everything in those funeral homes, so I'm assuming that an extra long casket would be extra money. Yeah, Derek, we know who uh, Randall Terry is, okay? 
Oh, Brian the Beast London says, Charlottesville is where UVA is. It's a great college town, very affluent and very white, says the Beast. Very affluent and very white. Lily White. 276 votes on the poll. What's your recreational drug of choice? Alcohol, 140. Marijuana, 75. None, 24. Other, prescription designer, etc., 19. Cocaine, 6. Heroin, 4. Crystal meth, 3. Ecstasy, 3. Hash, 1. Acid, 1. Huffing gas, none. Sniffing glue, none. See, I've never been able to understand that. Why do people, uh, you know, tell us to put stuff on there and then they don't vote for it? Right. You know what I'm saying? If I do the break like right now, it's a little bit early, but I'm going to make a, a run. You know what I'm saying? I'll okay. be back. Have no fear. You know me. Okay. That's my area of expertise is a, a quick run. Oh, Neil. Neil, God. Okay, 1126 at 560 WQM. I made it back. Aren't you proud of me? Very. Wait till you hear this. This will... Uh, you better strap yourself in. Okay. From the fake Greg Budell, by way of Bob McKay, it says, 1470 AM, WWNN, that's Mr. Ego Station, 50,000 watts daytime. WQM is 5,000 watts daytime. Beasley's are talking about putting you on the station to make room for Sid Rosenberg middays on QAM. What? You want me to read that again? Please. 1470 AM, WWNN. That's the Mr. Ego station that nobody knows is on the air that doesn't register a, a blip on the Richter scale. Uh-huh. It's 50,000 watts daytime. WQM is 5,000 watts daytime. The Beasleys are talking about putting you on the station to make room for Sid Rosenberg middays on QAM. Hmm. That's your take? Hmm? Well, it's news to me. I don't even know that station existed. Oh, yeah. Well, neither does anybody else, except those five people who listen to Mr. Ego in the morning. Now, that would make sense, wouldn't it? We know they've been confabulating with Rosenberg. True. The, and, of course, the rumor that he was going to do two to four. Terry says, I hear that funeral homes have a pricing scale based on the length of the coffin. If the family had been willing to pay a little extra, they could have gotten an extra two feet. And then it says, insert Gilbert laugh. <laughs> Okay. I inserted Gilbert laugh. That was good. So, uh, so your take on that is uh, bubble micey, huh? It's news to me. I haven't heard anything like that. Sure makes sense based on the way they've been uh, pushing and pushing these last two, three weeks. And then, of course, the George business. That was the beginning of it. Oh, right. he'll take a walk. He'll walk out. You'll see. A newborn is being cared for at a hospital in West Springfield, Mass., after being found abandoned, umbilical cords still attached, in a West Springfield motel room littered with empty beer cans. <laughs> People said the baby was discovered early Saturday by a couple returning to the room next door at the Welcome Inn. 
Kimberly Doherty told the Republican newspaper of Springfield that she heard a weak cry coming from the next room. The door was ajar, and when she entered, she found the baby girl lying on her back in the middle of a double bed. Doherty said she and her husband wrapped the baby in towels until paramedics arrived and took the infant to Bay State Medical Center. Doherty guessed that the baby was only an hour or two old. Investigators are still trying to track down the mother. A motel room littered with empty <laughs> beer cans. Sounds like a classy mom to me, don't it? Oh, yeah. Two hundred ninety-six votes on the poll. Emails, nothing. Zero. Neil at neilrogers.com. Zero. Nothing. Zippity-doo-dah. zippity And that's because we're not doing a, a building a poll. Just like what happened with the phones long ago. When we were poll building, we'd have eight million calls. And then we have the one guy, poll building is boring. Poll building, that, that one chronic. Right. Well, you don't remember him. That's way before your time. Remember him? I used to listen, yeah. Paul Building's boring. But it sure elicits a response. But other than that, they got nothing to say. I mean, nothing. Zippity doodah. I was talking before about northern Italian cuisine and southern Italian. Right. And the somebody, Benjamin sent me this. The Battle of Taste is sure to go 15 full rounds or at least seven courses. And it's written by Kareem Marashi. What does a guy named Kareem know about Italian food? <laughs> Italian food always ranks at the top of every world-class diner's list, but in a bout between northern versus southern Italian cooking, the Battle of Taste is sure to go the full 15 rounds or at least seven courses. Che pane, olio oliva. I can't get that scene out of my mind. Eli Wallach. The assassin should have killed him right there on the spot. Should have at least poisoned the uh, poisoned the bread. But we had to wait a long, long time until Connie gave him the poison cannoli. You eat it. You're so skinny. And then she like, did, now did you see Godfather Three? Yeah. And hated it like most everybody else. Wasn't a big fan now. And the way she like licked a little bit off the end of the cannoli, you know, she like just a little tiny bit. <laughs> oh boy. Italy wasn't even unified as a nation until 1861. In the time leading up to that, Italy's mountainous valleys and lack of adequate communication between regions isolated communities and promoted cultural heterogeneity. What the hell is that? I don't know. Heterogeneity. Since the fall of Rome, the land now known as Italy, has also been subject to foreign invaders periodically throughout history, falling under Spanish, Austrian, French, even Arab powers. Thus, these influences have promoted culinary differences between regions, and to this day, those differences are, at the same time, celebrated and coveted by the respective residents. Presently, climatic conditions and economic disparity are the biggest factors separating the north from the south. As a result, foods of the areas reflect this variance. Specifically, northern Italy enjoys rich, fertile land and a sizable affluent population, producing such things as homemade pastas, exotic seafood, and specialty sausages. Italy is Europe's biggest producer of rice, which is often served with fish and seasoned with fragrant herbs such as a variety of basils, basils oregano, rosemary, sage, parsley, and marjoram. The dishes are often garnished with capers and lemon and are usually light and airy to the palate. Rich foods are also popular, specifically in the northern region of Emilia-Romana. 
Butter is favored over olive oil for cooking. That's in the north. Pork sausages, cheese, and hearty pasta dishes are all local favorites. Hmm. Heterogeneity. The quality yeah. or state of being. Well, it's a big word for nothing. The quality or state of being? Yep. How about homogeneity? The quality or state of Yay. being. Just a little further south is the Tuscany region where fresh fruit and vegetables are grown locally and sold in open-air markets. The atmosphere breeds a light cuisine with dishes just slightly favored, flavored with olive oil and garlic and boasting vine-ripened tomatoes, just picked olives, and the most colorful beans. Gelaterias and pasticherias also abound in this region, which want a refreshing array of Italian ice creams or gelato and Italian pastries. I'll tell you, in Germany, the gelato is just as good as it is in Italy, maybe even better. And homogeneity is actually a word. Is that like homogenized milk? <laughs> I guess. It's a state of having identical cumulative distribution functions or values. Not compelling. No, not, not in the least bit compelling. <laughs> Continue southward toward Rome and the terrain becomes more sparse and arid, which is in stark contrast to the gastronomical delights inherent to the region. Lamb and pork accompany artichokes so tender, there isn't a need to scrape them from the leaves, and desserts plentiful with walnuts, hazelnuts, pine nuts, and almonds. I love hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You ever Hazelnut have Nutella? You ever have, huh? Have you ever had Nutella? Yeah. That's good stuff. That's made out of like hazelnut. It. Really? No. Mm. Like that chocolate schmear stuff in a jar? Yeah, the Germans use like it a lot. Some people eat it out of the jar, like with a spoon. I think you've got to be a little nutty to do that. I like it with peanut butter. The southern peninsula of Italy and the islands of Sicily and Sardinia are covered in olive tree, uh, tree groves. Olive oil, olio oliva, is mass-produced and used as a base in cooking. Breads are smothered with seasoned olive paste made from native Gaeta, Ligurian, and Sicilian-style olives. Each has its own exceptional taste and unique color. The climate also provides for abundance of citrus fruits, which are readily used in sauces and to flavor meats. In the south, Parmesan cheese is replaced with Pecorino cheese, which is made from sheep's milk and tangier, sharper in taste, and saltier than Parmesan. Or as somebody would say, Parmesan cheese. I don't want to say Mr. Ego. Wouldn't that be something if we wound up on that signal? That's crazy. You say that about everything. That's crazy. Like the, like those ratings in uh, the, the winter book. Right. I think... This, huh? is, this is where crazy happens. Oh, yeah. Beasley. Crazy. And it sure ties in with their desperate attempts to try to piss me off and get me to walk, which I'm not going to do, by the way. I have uh, mouths to feed, people to take care of, including myself. I learned a long time ago, well, let me just finish this. While the food greatly varies not only between northern and southern Italy, but also between regions, there is still one underlying commonality throughout all of Italy. Italians treasure their heritage and their cuisine. It's evident in the recipes, variety, and atmosphere that goes along with eating. Enjoy the differences, it says. Yeah, the Italians spend a much higher proportion of their income on food than, like, for example, Americans or, or most other countries. It's because it's so good. I tried I mean, something the other night that I know you said you don't like risotto, but this was really good. They took risotto, oh, I, I mixed it, it with goat cheese, turned it into little balls, breaded it, fried it, and then served it with this, like, spicy marinara. It was really good. If you like goat cheese. Yeah, I do like goat cheese. I just don't like risotto. Lori has got a po economy pool. We've already done this. Not not with these particular questions, but I don't know about South Florida, she says, anymore. But up here in Maryland, a lot of people seem to be un unaffected by this horrendous economy. So here's my question. <laughs> we, we've done this. 
I know you did a poll about jobs recently. I think this one's a bit different. Thanks for putting up with everything so we can enjoy hearing you every day. Hope George finds a really good gig soon. So do we, Lori. Maybe we'll hear from... Oh, Eric in North Miami. This is the uh, LeBastard F-bomb report. Mm -hmm. He was trying to say, Chicago Cub, Koeskui Fukudomi. Is that his name? Right. Careful how you say it. It says, but they were able to catch it. Oh, they were able to catch it probably because their dump button works. Hmm. Probably because they're not technically challenged as much as we are. Even though it's a horseball outfit and not a real radio station, just a lease job. But nevertheless, their stuff works. Ours, on the other hand, uh, uh, I see, I see, so-so. Sometime it do and sometime it don't, etc. Tom says, this is about doubt, which I don't care what anybody says is a very, very good movie. And I also don't care what anybody says about, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is usually so great, and he's very good in this movie, but his good performance is so overshadowed by Meryl Streep that it's it's almost like he's not even in it. True. Now, did you ever see Owning Mahoney? No, I don't think so. With uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? True story about, and it happened here in Toronto, about a guy who was embezzling money from the bank where he worked to support <laughs> his gambling habit. Nice. And God, well, I don't want to ruin it for you. But just, I mean, talk about a wild, crazy gambler in Atlantic City and Vegas. And when they saw him coming, man, their face would beam from ear to rear. Owning Mahoney, it's good flick. And he's great in it, too. And I'll tell you who else is great is the uh, dark-complected kid who pays, plays the um, the kid that works in the casino. I don't know what they call him. Not an attendant. He's like a something in a casino. And takes care of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Anyway, uh, Tom says about doubt, the head nun, Streep, told a priest Hoffman she had spoken to a nun at his last parish. The nun at the last parish confirmed her suspicions of his abusing children. If the priest didn't request a transfer, she would look into the reasons for him leaving for previous positions. Streep's character later admitted she never made those inquiries, but her accusations were confirmed when Hoffman's character transferred out and was promoted to pasture. I thought the film was excellent. Thank you, Tom C. Okay, Tom. I'm glad you liked it, Tom. I see. He's just he's just assuming that because she admitted that she made it up. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it yet, but I guess I just did. She admitted that she never made the calls. Remember she was sitting there weeping on the uh, bench? Right. Toward the end of the movie? You talk about an acting performance. If there's ever been a better one by male or female than that one. I, she just she just inspired. She was kind of like the Joe Bell of the movies. Inspired <laughs> great hate. Yeah. Hostility. What? Yeah, for sure. By the end of that movie, you just, yeah, you couldn't stand her. Like I said, just like Joe Bell. <laughs> Time for the sounds of silence. Just tell me what your problem is. The Red Sox had enough of you. Now you're wearing Dodger blue. Yeah, you're 
What about LeBron, though? What's Manny got to do with LeBron? Give me the ball, give me the ball. LeBron. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And then, of course, what's his name? The tennis player, the ugly guy? Roger Federer. A fag crush. Gay. Let me just read that one email again, okay? Okay. Because this is the same fake Greg Vidal was telling us how we were going oldies on QAM a few months ago. Subject from Bob McKay. See, he's also spreading the rumor that Bob McKay is coming in to be PD and Clarence is out. Now, well, how is that going to affect you? I don't know. You know Bob McKay? I know of him. Good guy, I think. I don't know if I ever met him or not. I hear all kinds of good things about him, which means Clarence, when you come back from your honeymoon, bye-bye. It's like, it's, I don't know what to describe it as. It's like, a, uh, like everything is just being regurgitated. In, the, in this place, they're just chewing up people and spitting them out, and chewing like a like a garbage disposal. Mostly the disposal part. Anyway, the fake Greg Budell writes from Bob McKay, fourteen seventy a.m. WWNN is fifty thousand watts daytime. WQM is five thousand watts daytime. Beasleys are talking about putting you on the station to make room for Sid Rosenberg middays on QM. Well, they do own that the fourteen seventy. You do know that, don't you? I do now. Yeah, they own it. Now, what would your take be on that? I don't know, but you know who I can ask because he's here today? Who's that? Bruce Beasley. Really? I just saw him in the hallway with Joe Bell. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. Wow. Now the pressure is really, really on. Not. Wouldn't you think? You better be. So, in other words, you're that tight with Bruce Beasley. You go up and ask him, hey, is it true that we're going to go on uh, 1470? I, don't, I wouldn't say we're tight, but what's the harm in asking? Yeah, that's right. Worst that's going to happen is you'll get a lie, you know. Eric says, wasn't QM airing basketball at nights during the second week of May? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, we had the uh, NBA games on. We did. The second week of May? We had the conference finals on, I think, yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe that would explain that 3-4, although I'll be honest with you. Weren't all those games also on free TV? That is true. See, I'm not a big fan of uh, nighttime. Like uh, when I was at INZ, the first book in the fall, they carried the World Series games at night. And when the book came out, Tom Likas beat me. He was on W Snooze, which I had left to go to INZ. He beat me in the book and was opening a big mouth about it. Then we got the we got the nightly numbers, and we found out the nights that we had the World Series games on, every night we got a oh, point oh. zero. Yeah, I would rather watch it. Because it's on free TV. So when you've got something, a sporting event that's on free TV, and it's on radio at the same time, TV always is going to, you know, get the viewing audience. And except for people in the cars, which there aren't just that many at night, you're going to get a oh, point oh. like that. Right. But remember, you don't need a lot of people listening with this new system. You mean with the uh, panel? Right. That's right. And we got the finals on, the NBA finals on starting tomorrow, so we'll see if that carries over. Oh, yeah. NBA finals game one tomorrow night. No LeBron, though. Nope. No LeBron. Kobe. I still don't understand what kind of a name that is besides Goofy. And why is it that mostly the jocks are the ones with the Goofy names? Is there any special reason for that? No. Like like uh, Plaxico. Do you know anybody else named Plaxico? I do not. I mean, Plexiglass, yeah, I've heard of that. Hey, Plaxi. I mean, what do you call a guy uh, named Plaxico? Besides Miscreant and uh, Lawbreaker. And Ass Clown. Ask Clown, that's a good idea. You better pass it by Bruce. Go out in the hallway and see if you can find the Beasley guys. Okay. Ask him if we can say Ask Clown. Have him, have him get a hold of Joyce. Put her in that um, garbage disposal I was talking about. 
Leonardo says, I heard you had Zippo emails come in a couple of minutes ago, so I figured I would send you one. Well, thanks, Leonardo, although this isn't that exciting. It says, for your information, Capitol Grill in downtown Miami has a killer chocolate hazelnut cake. Oh, I do love anything with hazelnut. Mm. Also, I like eating Nutella out of the jar or on bread or on saltines, he said. Well, you're right, Leo. You don't have much, but at least it's something. You know, he cared enough to send his very best, which wasn't a lot. The Dow's down 81 points. Uh -oh. There's Nancy Reagan, and she's got a white dress on today. Back under happier circumstances. Boy, she looks bad. I want to thank everybody for being here. Good golly. Are you watching that on CNN? Your thoughts? No. Your kind wishes? She, she can't be a day over 200. Man, she's looking really, really bad, old Nancy, and she's got the white dress. I think these could be the final days. What's your recreational drug of choice? Maybe they don't like the poll, although we do have 330 votes. Alcohol, 164. Marijuana, 90. None, 32. We got 32 straight-laced people out there who don't do uh, nothing bad. Nancy Very Reagan's good. 87. 87. She looks easy, 187. And they just helped her to her seat. Oh, my God. Is that what you look like right before you're going to die? Yeah, I think so. None, 33. Like I said, 33 straight-laced clowns. Other, prescription designer, etc., 19. Heroin, 6. Cocaine, 6. Ecstasy, 5. Crystal meth, 4. Hash, 2. Sniffing glue, 1. Acid, 1. Huffing gas, which you put on there, none. Nobody's huffing gas. It costs too damn much, man. That's the kids. The kids huff the gas. Yeah, I know. That's what I hear. Well, we don't have any kids, although we do have a 1.2 share in teenagers, according to this new bogus system. By the way, you might tell Bruce that nobody other than Joe Bell believes this system and nobody believes there's any, you know, oh, we have to learn to live with it. We have to learn how to deal with it and do this and do that. Yeah, do this and do that. Greg says, hi, Neil. I live in Lorita near Sebring. Yeah, we know Greg. I'm listening on a Kenwood. Why, why does he always tell us this, what he's listening on? Regardless of wattage claims, 560 is almost full quieting with a 9 showing on the S-meter. While 1470 is barely audible, showing a three on the S meter. Just thought you should know. Well, see, there's some information from Greg. Hmm. If we can't get into Lorita, we're screwed. He's listening on a Kenwood R5000 shortweight receiver using a 127-foot in inverted V dilope antenna. Whatever wow. that is. That's good to know. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, update, Greg. We aren't going on 1470 just for their 50,000 watts. Although, following Mr. Ego, you might get a lot of food to slop on. I don't even have any idea where their studios are, or if they have any. Of course, no, if no. they have one, it's more than we got. But you're telling me the rumors are that our studio is going to be completed no later than Monday. Yeah, they're no working on them. Next Shavuos. We just, we just finished Shavuos like last weekend. They're working on so them right now. They're doing what? They're working on the studio right now. Doing what? I don't know, engineering things. Well, believe you me, if there's a place that could use some engineering things, this is the place. Oh, this is supposed to be funny, I guess. His name is Plexiglass Burris because he gets hurt so easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, that's funny, isn't it? Not. Not compelling. No. Conference finals were on TNT, not free TV, except on Saturday or Sunday sometime. So maybe that explains it, huh? If we can put some stuff on there that they can't get on free TV. Do you know anybody that doesn't have at least basic cable? No. I know some people have got rabbit ears. <laughs> I mean, on their head. 
Remember those days? Yeah. Rabbit ears. And then we had Cat TV, Community Antenna Television. That was the beginning of satellite TV and cable. Community Antenna Television, Cat TV. We had it in Marshall, Michigan, of all places. Here's one from Berserko Bob. It says, is Sid Rosenberg really coming to QM? That's enough to make me stop listening. I thought he would go back to New York, but no, with about 100 O's. I'd rather listen to Mo Howard, David, and Gildy. Makes me want to joyce all over myself, says Berserko Bob. How do you like that? So I, um, I'm told that that other studio that you're talking about, that other yes. station, uh, it's in Boca on Federal. Oh, boy, it's a long drive for you. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Well, what do you mean? For nothing? What about if they pay your gas? <laughs> well, what do you mean you won't be doing that? I'm not Are driving the Boca every day. The show? I'm not driving the Boca every day. That's crazy. With the big bucks they're paying you to work on this show, you're not driving a Boca. Boy, yeah. no loyalty. At that no point, I'd be, I'd be losing money to do the show. What about if they moved you to Boca with all the other Jews? Okay. With the real Jews. You're, you're, not, you're not Jewish enough to live in Boca. I can blend. Yeah, blend this. <laughs> WB says, now imagine Nancy banging Frank Sinatra in the White House while Ronnie was dropping porridge in the Oval Office. <laughs> a drooling porridge. He was drooling porridge. <laughs> oh, Wow. Not good to speak ill of the dead, but Ronnie Reagan, boy, he was just, he was what's wrong with the world, you know? He represented what's wrong with the world. This idol worship, kind of like uh, LeBron, you know, like that. LeBron, 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 LeBron. Like the governor of California? Arnold? Oh, well, Arnold, he, I, I said that before when he got elected governor. That was the end of the human, subhuman race as we knew it. damn thing about it anymore. We're all supposed to be dead by now, and I don't hear one word about swine flu. Do you? Nope. President Obama's Muslim outreach, that's what they're uh, hocking about on CNN. Pop, 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 pop. All right, our Dan Lothian traveling with the president in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, those Saudis, man. Blow them up. The Beast says maybe if you wrote a book, they wouldn't be trying to make you leave. And then he's got this long press release, which also, of course, was emailed to me, and I ignored it and deleted it. But the Beast evidently is impressed. 
by Sid Rosenberg and current fan midday host Joe Bonino have signed book deals with Triumph Books. And it goes on and on. Like, I'm supposed to be promoting this, okay? He's not working here yet, okay, Beast? I'm not promoting him. But he will be. Maybe not 2 to 4, maybe 10 to 2. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I bet you he'll work cheap. He's going to have to. I don't understand it either. What's the big simist with him, Conan O'Brien? You think he's funny? He's okay. I never thought Leno was funny either, but then again, what do I know? No, Leno sucked. Or well, there sucks. you go. He was on there for, what, 17 years, something like that? I'm more of a Letterman kind of guy. And Johnny Carson? I couldn't deal uh, with him either. Mm-mm. Jack Parr was great. Steve Allen was great. Even Maury Amsterdam, 100 years ago, was funnier than Jay Leno. Maury Amsterdam? Yeah. From the Love Boat? Maury Amsterdam was the first host of The Tonight Show back in the early 50s. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Well, there you go. And I bet you Jack Parr was way before your time, too. Jack Parr's show was great. That's something I would stay up to watch. And did. Mitch says, among the one-hit wonder songs you discussed was Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Which we, had, we, we did a long thing on that in the first hour, but nevertheless, Mitch maybe wasn't listening then. It says, I went to his official website. Its address is spiritinthesky.com. On spiritinthesky.com, the store features Spirit in the Sky baseball caps, Spirit in the Sky knit caps, Spirit in the Sky t-shirts, Spirit in the Sky mouse pads, Spirit in the Sky coasters, CDs, nearly all of which feature Spirit in the Sky. Oh, my God. And small and large autographed pictures of Spirit in the Sky creator Norman Greenbaum. Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Not just a one-hit wonder who's rarely support Norman and his family, but also it says a cottage industry. Apparently writing one major hit song goes a long way. And it, and it wasn't even, it was a depressing song. It did well in our pool of one-hit wonders, but boy, it was depressing, morbid. You don't think? And why are the Republicans trotting out these old, old, tired Newt Gingrich, my God? That's <laughs> all they have. Old trolls. Nudie Gingrich. All they have is like Newt, Dick Cheney, and Mr. Bouncy Bouncy Rush Limbaugh. And don't forget about Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah. Oishmoy Jew says Ronald Reagan is the father of American fascism. That is absolutely correct. He set the stage for Bush Cheney to steal the cash without fear of prosecution. Even though the Bush crime family tried to have him whacked, he's just as guilty. You're right. Nancy looks around 187 years old. Too much cheap booze, maybe, question mark, it says. Just finished a huge bowl of kale and chickpea soup. Oh. Says, talk about a rectum rooter. My shoulder blades are hurting. Never a dull moment. Uh, I guess. Sounds like a pretty exciting life to me. Yeah. Blackie is back. Oh, my God. Oh. He sends me a thing about on TV. I was on on TV. I was on after on TV, actually. On Channel 51, 100 years ago. Really? It says, I was looking for a compelling article to forward to you and think I found one. Did you subscribe to On TV back in the late 70s and early 80s? I think it came on over Channel 51. Well, no, I didn't subscribe to it, but I was on it. I had a talk show on Channel 51 live after On TV, which was scrambled. So once it would unscramble, I would come on. And I'd sit there and rip organized religion and take some calls. You know how we did the calls in those days? How? My producer would... He would take the calls, and then he would take their phone number, call them back, put them on hold. We had to because it was live TV, you know. Right. And we sure didn't want to ch take a chance on anything like slipping out on the air. 
like being totally irresponsible and having a bunch of crap slip out on the ear. Anyway, it says the article mentions that Wall of Voodoo was one of the music bands the channel used to show. Kind of long, but it has a lot of compelling information that even Joe Bell might approve of. I don't really care whether he approves or not. See, I know this comes as a great surprise, and I've never worked for anybody before who thought that I did the show for them, you know, the GM. I really believe he thinks I do the show for him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the show with him in mind. Oh, what will Joe think of this? Will Joe find this amusing or compelling <laughs> or captivating? I don't think of that at all. Boy, that's Sotomayor. She's uh, not, not too uh, sharp-looking, you know what? No. I mean, not like Dana Bash, the shrunken head. 371 votes on the poll. Huffing Gas finally got one. So maybe we got somebody under the age of 100 on there. All one right. of our many, many teenagers who allegedly, according to this new research, listen to this show. you believe that? No, not really. Do you believe any of it? No. I mean, where, where do they get this panel? Where do they get these people? I'm not sure how they do that. I mean, big. 8.7 in the morning, Paul and Ron. Now, I can't think of anything more compelling than them. Can you? <laughs> Pain and the coast, coast is 7.5. Right. You see, if these people who are wired up for this new technology, if, they, if they're exposed to, like, background music, it registers. Like Life and Coast, MIA, Slush. The Slush stations do great. Yeah, and MIA is very gay. Is it really? Yeah. Well, there must be a lot of gay, gay. listeners out there. Not for us, though. They had a 7.2 in the morning, a 5.8 in midday, a 5.8 in the afternoon, and a 6.5 share at night. WMIA. Hmm. How come it is that cheap channel? All their channels did so great. Hmm. Remember that email that we had that said that we've got it... Uh, we got the panel in our pocket. I do. Hey, what's that in your pocket? The panel. Thou shalt shout. I can't read it. Thou shalt not blackmail. Remember that song, Shout, Shout, Knock Yourself Out by Ernie Maresca? No, I remember Tears for Fears, Shout. No, Shout, Shout, Knock Yourself Out. If you had the Georgia stuff there, you could play it. Maybe on Monday. Maybe on Monday? Yep. So you've actually got this stuff, you just don't have the ability to play it. I have the DCS in here right now. I can play off of that. I'm just not real familiar with how to use it, but once I get the computer in that other room, George is going to come in and download 1,500 songs for me. Wow. What a guy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go see him tomorrow. And? Oh, I see. Brooklyn Bishop Nicholas DiMarzio threatened state lawmakers by vowing to close churches in their districts and blame them for the closures if they dared support a bill making it easier for people who were sexually assaulted as kids to sue, legislators told the New York Post. Are you following that? Mm-hmm. They said the dark warning came during a legislative breakfast at DiMarzio's Brooklyn residence as he told the gathering of about 20 state and city politicians that he would retaliate against Albany lawmakers if they backed the Child Victims Act. Wow. The controversial bill, which could be heading for an assembly floor debate as soon as June 8th, next Monday seeks to extend the statute of limitations for lawsuits involving the rape or molestation of youngsters and could cost the church hundreds of millions of dollars in payouts to victimized parishioners. Good. Two lawmakers said the bishop brazenly bullied them during the coffee and donuts gathering at his stately brick residence on Clinton Hill, October 21. He brazenly bullied them. Oh, by the way, speaking of a brazen show of speed, 
this one of Tom Durkin's favorite phrases. Uh, what's your name? Rachel Alexandra is not running in the Belmont. Did you know that? No, I did not. See this stuff you learn on this show? Educational freaking show, man. What's the deal with that? When in doubt, they pulled her out. They don't no. want to run her. She, she would have been the chalk, though, right? Yeah. Hmm. So now, Mind That Bird is going to be, and I bet you Calvin Burrell is back on Mind That Bird. Wouldn't that be unusual? I believe he is. Well, you didn't know that she wasn't running, so how would you know he's back on Mind That Bird? Because I didn't hear it, but I saw a promo for the uh, for the race, and it showed him. And I'm assuming they were saying that he was going to be on Mind That Bird. But I didn't hear it. I could only that see it. That would be really freaky for a guy who wins the Derby and the Belmont on the same horse and wins the Preakness on a different horse. I don't think it's ever been done. No. Well, no, it was never, it was never done that uh, anybody won the Derby and Preakness on two different horses, much less... So he would win the Triple Crown, but on three different horses. Calvin Burrell. Maybe he could win enough to buy some teeth. We'll have Dave Johnson on tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. We can analyze the Calvin Burrell teeth situation. <laughs> yeah, don't you find him unusual, Calvin Burrell? I would Strange think, old dude. I would think that he makes enough money as a jockey to be able to buy some teeth. Yeah. Well, why not? Maybe we ought to take up a collection for him. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm surprised I haven't been getting emails yet. They want me to pay George's salary. How about I could buy some teeth for Calvin Burrell? That's a thought. So Dave will be on at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. He can answer all your questions because I, you know, I don't know a lot about it. Kenny Grammer says, hey, that was WIOD Channel 51 in the early 80s. WKID. Yeah, that, that's right. WKID. And? And, Kenny, what about it? This one says Steve Allen was the first Tonight Show host. That, I don't think so. That's what I thought. I'll check it out. I think Maury Amsterdam was on, although they sent me this thing. It says, leaving CBS, Allen created a late-night New York talk variety program in 53 for what is now WNBC-TV. The following year, September 27, 54, the show went on the full NBC network as The Tonight Show with fellow radio personality Gene Rayburn, who later went on to host hit game shows such as Match Game as the original announcer. So maybe Steve Allen was before Maury Amsterdam, but Maury and Steve Allen, of course, was great. Until in his later years, he became a real old fuddy-duddy. He and Joyce would have gotten along great in his later years. Well, as far as the Tonight Show goes, it said Steve Allen was 1954 to 1957, followed by Jack Parr, followed by Johnny Carson. Yeah. So it doesn't mention the the one you're talking about. Maury Amsterdam, you're saying, was not on the Tonight Show? They're not listing them. I'll bet you five times what you're making for doing this show. Oh, Neil! You're listening to Neil Rogers. Neil, good.
Okay, so let me ask you this. You've got your dots, right? I do. Because it's only 1218. We've got almost two hours to kill here today. I mean, the two more scintillating and compelling hours. Right. Wouldn't you think it would be a really good idea if we took some calls? And you, you can punch them up on that end. I should be able to, yeah. And you'll have a pretty good idea of when to uh, get rid of them. Okay. Now, is it that 877 number? Is that the new? Uh, see, I don't even know the number. I don't want to say that this whole deal has been poorly coordinated, but you know what? I would think in the room that I'm in right now, they could use the regular, uh, what is it, 5670560? No. I think it works in this room. Now, when we go to the other room, I don't think it'll work there. But in this room, they should be able to call on that number. And the 877, I don't know if that works in this room, but I know for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact that 5670560 works. This is great. Yeah. In other words, like that. Right. Well, let's give it a shot, huh? What do you say? Okay, I'm five six seven zero five sixty. Let's uh, take our first calls with Flea. I have to. And again, I think I have. You'll to... have to keep your finger there. Yeah, and I think I have to flip something on the phone real quick. So give me one second. You have to flip something on the phone. Yeah, yeah I have to flip something. Rick says old Cal is on mind that birdies the two to one favorite on ESPN. Probably the Humper's odds. Calvin Borrell, he's back in mind that bird. I think mind that bird's going to win. I don't think there's that many quality horses in it. Wow. Well, the phone line's lit up, so obviously that number works. 5670560? Oh, yep. Yeah, just like okay, that. Okay, well, let's punch one up. Hello? Wait a minute. Try now. Hello? Uh, yes, Neil? Yes. I have a survival knife in my rectum. Oh, it hurts. See, that's what you get. <laughs> oh. One vote for the calls, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Something about his... Rectum? Right. You want Let's more? Let's try another one. Okay. What? There you go. Let's keep them going. QAM, hello. Neil. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. That's all I want to say. Okay. Uh, How about another one? Go QAM, ahead. QAM, hello. George Rodriguez line. See, this is really awkward because I can't punch him out and I have to wait for you to do it. And I, I really don't know when you do it. How about Although now? They sound good. They sound clear, crystal queer, don't they? That's good, yeah. Neil? Yes, sir. Just a line checker. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. A line checker? <laughs> well, good, good to see they're consistent. they got just as much to say on the phone as they do on the... Uh... Oh, here we go. Walt says, Maury Amsterdam was the host of Broadway Open House, which was the predecessor to The Tonight Show. Okay. The Maury Amsterdam show was on CBS TV from December 48 to March 49, and Dumont from April 49 to October 50. Right. Among Maury's regular guest was Art Carney. Hmm. The Cigarette Girl was a future author, Jacqueline Suzanne. Also in 50, he briefly hosted the comedy variety show Broadway Open House, television's first late-night entertainment show on NBC. He's best known for his role as comedy writer Buddy Sorrell on The Dick Van Dyke Show. 131 episodes. Of what? The Dick Van Dyke Show that he was on. How do you know that? Are you reading the same thing I am? No, but I'm looking at his thing on, what is it, uh, IMDb? You're looking at his thing? Oh, I don't want to see his thing. Well, he's still alive, I bet. Is no, he alive? he's been dead for like 13 years. Oh, poor Maury. So his thing is a little shriveled. First, he says, hope your week is going just great. Can you, at the request of my father, Ray, please play something from Dick Fatherly, pretty please? Well, I only have one fatherly drop-in. That's all we got. I can't invent any other ones. Do you know Dick Fatherly? No. I wonder if he's still alive. I can't find it. Oh, oh, here it is. He's an agent provocateur. That's it. Pompous ass clown. Dick Fatherly. Sounds like it. 
Okay, the week's going fine, Fursky. We're doing okay. We're going to be in our new studios one of these days. Then we're going to get the phones working on this end. But they're working on your end, which is really great. Don't yeah. you like these so far? I got four lines ready to go. QAM, hello. Hello, go ahead, man. Yeah, Neil Rogers. Who? Neil Rogers. Yes, speaking. Yes, what do you think's going to happen with these uh, mortgages? With what? With all these mortgages and the prices of the homes. What do I think? Yeah. I don't. What do you think? Who cares? Yeah. You want another one? Boring. Next call, not so old, please. Okay, let's see. Go ahead. QAM, hello. I can't believe you don't take calls for three months and then you got all these idiots that call in all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, one thing about me, at least I have nothing to say, but at least I'm honest about it, you know? Yeah, what I mean? that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I really have nothing to say, but it's just ridiculous that, you, you know, we wait all these months for calls. And then you, they don't know, have any... you know, last time I took calls on this show, I think it was like last November. So it's like almost eight months. Well, you know, at least I'm not lying to you. But next time I do call, I will have something to say because okay, I well, listen, your show. In between, in between now and then, work on it. He's gone. And I'm, I'm sure he will. He's working on it right now, I think. Could be. According, oh, you know, this is something I've got. I'm looking in my pile here Ooh. for stuff that's like unfinished business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think I'm just about uh, through everything. Although when we were doing the best male singer of all time, here's one too embarrassing to even read. Bing Crosby belongs on the pole. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Talk about old. This is from Steve. Steve, you must be older than sawdust. Bing Crosby, the greatest male singer of all time. Is that enough to make your uh, your bowels twitch? Yeah. Okay, how many? We got any calls? We have uh, like five of them lined up. Wow. Just let me know when you're ready. What's that all about? I guess they missed these eight months of no calls. And let's see what they have to say about this, too. Let's get some input on the emails. Okay. From the audience. Oh, we want the calls, Neil, the call. See, this is what is compelling about the show is me and the callers. We got one now. 2 a.m., hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. Long time, no talk, man. I've been in church for like three years. Sorry to hear about George. Yeah. But anyway, um, I was calling to ask you, have you ever checked out that series Breaking Bad on AMC with Brian Franson? What is it called? Breaking Wind? Breaking Bad. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? it, it no. It's actually it's the best show on TV right now. Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad on AMC. Never heard of it. Okay, well, check it out. Uh, okay. I'm sure you like it. Okay, thanks. And check out the source of too, you mook. He's what did he say there at the end? I didn't Something about it. a mook. Oh, yeah, mook. I think he was talking about you. Could be. So what's up? What is it? Breaking Wind on AMC? Yeah, Breaking Bad. I, I didn't know that AMC had shows. I thought they just had old movies. No, they actually have a couple of uh, original series. I thought they series. just showed The Godfather parts one, two, and five over and over again. They do that a lot. Right now, they got the world's greatest lover. With Gene, uh, what's his name? Hackman. No, not Gene Hackman. Gene uh, Wilder. Oh wow! You don't like Gene Wilder? No, he was good in a couple of movies. He was, yeah, exactly. He was good in a couple of movies. And other than that, he was good in um, Frankenstein. Yeah, Young Frankenstein. Was what was that called? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Igor. Mm-hmm. I like to be he called Igor. And he was married to Gilda Radner. That, that, I think that's the reason I like him is because he was married to her. If there's anybody in the free world who didn't like Gilda Radner, there's something wrong with you. She was just great. Yeah. And then she died. And then Roseanne Rosanna Dana came along and uh, imitated her in Congress. Ileana Rosanna Dana. God. Only in South Florida could she get elected to even be dog catcher. (laughs) 
know we love Rafi and Jose, you did wrong, and we have a street named after you, but we might change it because you're a bad boy, and blah, 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 and we love Rafi. Yeah, they love Rafi till they found out he was on all the roids, too, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she's the creator of roids. She gives me roids. In fact, have you ever seen her and Joyce together? Same person, I bet. Ooh. 1226 at 560 WQM. I'm Jerry Lester. Holy cow. Aaron's coming. Well, congratulations. Get a life. Twelve thirty-two at five sixty WQAM. I'm dying over here. Yeah, the Jerry Lester show, and uh, that, that was part of the same thing with Maury Amsterdam and Dagmar and all those people. Okay, way before your time. Way. See, it's good to be old for that, knowing a lot of stuff that before everybody else's time. But the only bad thing about it is when you get old, uh, you're going to die soon. Now, is it true that the Dick Van Dyke Show was the first uh, TV sitcom to have the have husband and wife? Yeah, to have the husband and wife sleep in the same bed. On TV? I thought that was, uh, I don't know, I love loosely, they slept in separate beds. Right. I think Dick Van Dyke was the first show to have a couple actually sleep in the same bed together. What a grotesque thought that is. He's dead, though, right, Dick Van Dyke? Yes, he is. I'll tell you, a guy with absolutely no talent whatsoever is his brother, Jerry Van Dyke. You'll Every now and then you'll see him somewhere, you know. Yeah, he used to be on yeah. Coach. He was on what? Coach. Coach. Oh, I bet you that's big at QAM. Coach, hey coach, the Dow's down 104 points. And booze continues to lead, although marijuana is not far behind. Alcohol 193, marijuana 104, your favorite recreational drug of choice. Yeah, boy, that's a name that I have. Buddy Lester. Jerry Lester. What's his name? <laughs> Jerry Lester. See, back in those days, well, I, I guess eventually, like, Jack Parr had Alexander King, and he had uh, Dodie Goodman. Those, show, those shows cultivated their own really bizarre and fun guests, but they were usually people that nobody ever heard of before, as opposed to the celebrity guests that wound up starting with, you know, Carson and then down the line. Isn't that what's making Conan now? You know, the big deal that he's kicking off his Tonight Show? Oh, he's got the, this one and that one and, uh, you know, celebrities that you don't ever want to see again. Yeah, but he had Pearl Jam as musical guest. Well, good for him. I wouldn't watch Conan O'Brien if you paid me by the by the millisecond. You're going to pay me? So, in other words, if they move us to Boca, you're not going, right? How am I going to drive to Boca every day? I bet you uh, have a fabulous studio. I bet. 49-year-old Phil just thought of a great poll. How long till Neil gets up with, uh, fed up with the stupid callers? A day, a week, a month, etc. I don't know, but the phones are still ringing. Tom in Gainesville says, I believe you're talking about Jerry Lester. He was on before Steve Allen. I don't think it was called at the night show at first. Working can't Google it. Well, I'm working too, but I did Google it. Thanks, Tom. I never would have thought of Jerry Lester in a million years. And you wouldn't have either because you never heard of him. Way before your time. I bet you never heard of Alexander King either. No. He was hysterical. He was a regular guest on the Jack Park Tonight Show. He was one of the funniest guys in history. And, in fact, he wrote a bunch of books, and I remember reading all his books, too, because he was so funny. And his books were just as funny as he was on TV. Not as funny as Sid Rosenberg's book. Okay, let's punch a few of these calls up. QAM, hello. Wait, hang on a second. Yeah. All right, now. QAM, hello. 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 Oh, yeah. 
There you go. Very weak. Out of practice, I guess. Very non-compelling. Yeah, I, I would say so. He's he's a long-time caller, but he's out of form. Yeah. Practice makes perfect, man. Practice it in the toilet. Mom? Hello? Yeah, first-time listener, long-time Yeah, right. Caller. Get rid of this idiot. How you doing? Get rid of him. <laughs> there you go. Gone. Oh, I got no, a guy that was uh, actually on hold. Here we go. Hey, he used to like his corn, didn't he, June? Yeah, Mom would make extra, just so he got a cold corn, cold corn the next day. Oh, I love cold corn. Oh, no, not me. I don't like cold food. You don't like it. You lost, Fat, so there you go. QAM, hello. Go now. I'm your friend. I miss you. Ugh. One more. One more? Yep. QAM, hello. Yeah, uh, Neil, I've been on hold for eight months, and uh, I think you owe us a public apology. No, uh, I do not. Well, when I first dialed in, you had a 6-0, and now you got an 0-4. Now, yeah. No, now we got a 1-3, man. You better get up up to date. We're moving up. Yeah, we're moving on up to the east side. Yeah, it's kind of difficult doing it this way because I know you would hang up at a certain time that I'm not really aware right. of. So no, that's right. Yeah, and you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know some of the callers like uh, yeah, not yet. Reverend Jones, two calls ago, and uh, some of the others. I'll learn them, I'm sure, fast. But they've been out, they've been out there waiting in they've they've been lurking you know what I mean mm -hmm. lurking in the weeds waiting to attack like a snake like a serpent lurking in the weeds waiting for that day when the old man finally gave in. Well, you got three uh, waiting if you want to take any more. Well, take your time, okay? Let them okay. hold. We'll ease into it. Butch says I've been out of town for a while, haven't had a chance to listen to your show. What's going on with George? George ain't here no more. They blew George out to save the uh, money. They're firing everybody, okay? And they're trying desperately to get me out too, but I'm not. I'm not leaving. I got a uh, terry cloth clad contract. You know that iron clad minus terry cloth clad minus paper mache clad contract. Now what is this crap? Parallels between now and 1914. Boy, somebody has taken the time to write some real swill here. Britain and Germany were more involved trade partners than us than U.S. and China today. There was a technological revolution with transatlantic communications. Britain was the uh, empire of the time. Nobody was expecting World War I to occur beforehand. As for terrorism, Al-Qaeda was paralleled by the Bisheviks, it says, who seized power in Russia. The Bisheviks. Hmm. Maybe he means the Bisheviks. Could be. And as Belgium sparked Britain's involvement in Germany, the U.S. will likely be sparked by the defense of Taiwan. What's the point? China has standing army of 350 million and nukes and owns our debt and could cripple us at any time by dumping our debt once they believe it needs to be done to dethrone our empire. China is the real threat behind uh, beyond al-Qaeda gaining control of the state. Well, good. I'm glad you figured it all out. Dick Van Dyke is still alive. He's 83. Oh, okay. See, you took my word for it. And here's another one. Another guy says he's still alive. He did the first night at the museum, says Mark in the Coconut Creek. Well, good for him. Oh, Jeff B., who's the head of the poll, uh, the uh, pollmeister. Remember Jeff B., Jeff Beeching? He was beeching yesterday about the poll. Oh, these people are this and they're that and they should do their research. How about, you know, take it all very seriously. It's a stinking radio show, okay, Jeff? Just calm down. He says, why is it drunks live extra long lives? Yeah, like Weinstein Churchill. And Rob and Laura slept in separate beds. How do you like that, Flea? Hmm. Dick Van Dyke and the uh, whoever she was, they slept in separate beds. That's a good poll question, not a, but a trivia question. Let's get Mike Spindell back on the air. 
When you say we have a reunion, all the old still barely hanging on. I don't know if these people are dead or alive. Because I hear from fake this one and fake that one, you know, like Greg Budell. Although the fakers have kind of laid back, other than that very, very incendiary email from the fake Greg Budell about um, Sid the Kid. I think Sid the Kid is uh, participating in this effort to get me to take a walk, to open up an avenue in here for him. He I'm wants badly. He wants badly on this station. I'm sure. You think? Sometimes you want something and then you don't realize if you get it, it was a bad mistake. You were a kid. You took Flintstones vitamins to make sure you'd grow up big and strong. But today, big and strong isn't good enough anymore. That's why you need to give your kids Flintstones chewable steroids. The non-vitamin with the extra punch. Ask yourself, what do my kids need most? Healthy, balanced nutrition or a lethal muscle mass that makes them feel like they can crush anything in their path? Flintstone's chewable steroids come in great-tasting flavors like Fred Flintstein Dione, Bam Bandrolone, and Oxendinodrine. With Flintstone's chewable steroids, your kids will love their new bulk and striated muscle tissue. And it'll be years before they even care about their ever-shrinking genitalia. And what little girl wouldn't want to be the first in her brownie troop to have her own goatee? God, crap. Mom, we're on a Barbasol. What, dear? I said, Mom, we're on a Barbasol. Make your kid a Flintstones Chewable Steroids Kid. Ten million strong and bulging. 12.45, it's bulging all right at 5.60 WQM. we got the big O oh. coming up at 2 o'clock. Eric gives us the Conan information. Eric in North Miami, interested? Uh, a little. In his opening night, Conan got a 7.1 with a 17 shear. The second night, a 5.0 with a 12 shear. So by the second night, they were like, um, I don't know. About a third of the audience dropped off. Hmm. I can see why. There was an enormous amount of hype. He was on with Leno his last night, you know? Right. And they hyped and hyped and pushed and pushed. And a lot of people tuned in on Monday. And then by Tuesday, they said, I don't know. This one must be from Mike Rosenthal. I said, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. Dick Van Dyke is alive, 83 years old, a right-wing lunatic. Huh. Hope he dies soon, it says, but he's still alive. You said he was dead. You made a mistake. You made a mistake, it says 500 times. I thought he was dead, too. Yeah, we all thought he was dead. He should be. He should what? He should be. He's had enough. 83, that's not so old. Wait till you're 82 and you'll say, oh, I don't know. I don't think 83 is all that old. <laughs> Maybe 93, you know. The reason I played that Flintstones bit, Stace from Weston says, and I think she's right, I believe it was the Flintstones, Fred and Wilma, who were the first to share a bet on TV. You think? Could be. I'll see if I can find that that out. Yeah, do do some research. Do some heavy duty research. How's the phones doing, by the way? Let me know. Uh, we got three calls waiting. Okay, keep them keep them on hold for a while. Okay, you just let keep me know. Them, keep them on slow cook. I'll brace myself to get ready to take some more. Jim says you got to got to get Flea to stop the freaking Elmo potty bit playing on the stream. By the way, can you add, um, 
add the Red Bull fake spot to the removal list, too? Enough already, says Jim. I'd rather listen to spots for Mandatory the Bigo over and over again. Oh, wait, I already do, he says. Okay. Well, that's what Jim says. It's a request. Stop the freaking Elmo Potty bit. I don't even know what he's talking about. Is it one of the bits that we used to play that we can't play anymore? No, it's a new bit. It's basically a, a beeped-out version of Elmo talking to some little kid. I think it's kind of funny, but I guess if you hear it enough, it would get old. Yeah. Maybe what you ought to do is play the bits on the stream that we can't play on the air. I can do that. Of course, you'd have to you'd have to get them out of the DCS, which you don't know how to how to use it yet, or you don't have it, or what? What's the deal? I have it. I just don't know how to use it completely. <clears throat> oh, you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah. In fact, when George comes in, he can give you a primer on the DCS. Well, we're I'm trying to get this straightened out, and thanks to people that are sending this crap. I mean, it, it goes back a hundred years, and you have to be an old fart like me to know it. The name of the show was Broadway Open House. The first, the, the precursor, the predecessor to the uh, Tonight Show. Says other Broadway open house cast members were tap dancer Ray Malone, accordionist Milton DeLug, I remember him, announcer Wayne Howell and vocalist Jane Harvey, Andy Roberts, and David Street. The show's opening theme music was the Beanbag song by DeLug Lester and Willie Stein. A second theme was the song It's Almost Like Being in Love. DeLug often played the song he and Stein wrote, Orange Colored Sky, which became a hit for Nat King Cole. Ray Buffum and Jack Hine were the producers. Hine and Joe Cavalier directed. Stan Burns and Alan Sherman were the writers. Alan Sherman, hello, Mada, hello, Fada. Even you remember him. Yes, I do. No. Oh. The program was developed by Sylvester Pat Weaver, a programming VP at NBC, who had started his career as a production assistant on the Fred Allen radio show Town Hall Tonight in the 1930s. Wow, talk about ancient. After the 15-month run of Broadway Open House, Weaver further developed his ideas on a local show over NBC's New York station starring Steve Allen, which eventually took to the network in 1954 as The Tonight Show. Steve Allen remembered Hornsby, Broadway Open House, and Fred Allen in a 97 interview. He said NBC had tried unsuccessfully to do late-night TV with comedian Jerry Lester and with Maury Amsterdam in the early 50s, but that didn't go over well with the viewers. I'm not certain the quality of the show had anything to do with it. At that point in time, you still had a limited number of TV sets, and television still hadn't come to a lot of the medium-sized cities around the country. I think you had a lot of people in the network executive suites who were convinced that 11 o'clock was just too late for people to stay up and watch TV. The original show, Broadway Open House, had done something. It's chopped off. Okay. Oh, it says if it had been done five years later, they might have changed their minds because they did a lot of the same kind of humor we did later. Any time a performer dies in the process of doing a TV series or Broadway show, it's a difficult proposition how to proceed in good taste. With Fred Allen, this was in the mid-50s, and while he was never successful in TV, he had been an icon on radio. You know why he was unsuccessful on TV, Fred Allen? No. Because he was old and very ugly. Oh. This may have been the first time, or at least one of the first times, a performer on TV died while in the midst of doing a regular show. Not in the middle of the show, but like, you know, during the run. A comedian named David Hornsby was supposed to do NBC's first late-night show, but he died two weeks before the show went on the air, so the audience hadn't seen him yet. But Fred Allen was one of the great humorists in the history of entertainment at that time, and the nation was still in shock because people had just seen him the previous Sunday night, and then he said, I'm dying over here. I'm dying over here. He died. Well, the first uh, couple to be shown in bed together in American television was Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Told you. The first real people, I think, were the uh, Van Dykes, though. I'm going to double-check that. I thought somebody said the Van Dykes, uh, weren't, they weren't doing it. 
How did they may have been invented together, but they weren't doing it. How did Little Richie come around, or whatever that kid's name was? I, I didn't watch that show. Are you telling me you watched the Dick Van Dyke show? Reruns, yeah, on like oh, uh, TV Land. God. Oh. That explains a lot. I'm so sorry for you. Wesley's got a pull idea. Best old TV sitcoms. No, we don't want to do too old, okay? It's not even good that we're doing the old Tonight Show stuff, except that, you know, we got the changing of the guard on the Tonight Show. It's, it's somewhat compelling. Not real compelling, but a little bit. The early TV sitcom, Mary Kay and Johnny, is listed as the first TV show where the couple slept in the same bed. Yep. Oh, you found that, too, just as, just as somebody sent it in? Just now. Kathy says Tom Jicka says this, and Tom Jicka said that, and uh, Michael Corleone said this. I'm printing it out. Jim, uh, John says Dick Van Dyke isn't dead, but it looks like nobody told him. Yeah, there are a lot of people going around like that, like Nancy Reagan. She's not dead yet, but boy, somebody forgot to tell her. She looked really, really bad at that uh, bash they were having in uh, Ronnie Reagan's memory, whatever that was. Fascists be us, whatever that deal was. Nice uh, shoe polish, though, on the hair. That was that was a great touch. Remember the days when you used to use shoe polish? Probably not. Kiwi. Wasn't it Kiwi shoe polish? Yep. Now, did you ever use it? No. Oh. Well, somebody says, I could be wrong, but I think the first TV couple to appear in the same bed were Bob and Emily Hartley in the Bob Newhart Show, no. which first aired in 72. That is incorrect. Now that I think about it, Archie and Edith slept in the same bed. All in the family was on about the same time. And so did the Munsters. Oh, jeez. The Elmo and Cocaine online has got to go, and the Joe Bell stuff is getting old, too, says somebody. Oh, Chris, too bad, Chris. Hey, yes, you're right about that. He's right, the Joe Bell stuff is getting really old. Oh, I'll call you tomorrow. No, no, you won't. Go away. Yeah, so that person was right. In 1947, it was that show... That he mentioned, uh, Mary Kay. Johnny, Mary Kay. Johnny, and, Johnny and Mary Kay, uh, which I guess was a later became I Love Lucy or something like that. No. Like a spinoff or something. How could John and Mary Kay become I Love Lucy? I don't know. It said, uh, like the more famous I Love Lucy series that followed it. Oh, I'm sorry. It came on after it. <sighs> Lucy! Byron Pegg and Mustard the Wonder Dog, who are beyond chronic. I think All in a Family might be the first. Uh, no, no. Not. Nope. Now you got everybody guessing on that. Well, we got it now. Dave and Coral Springs has got something pornographic to say about Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see Dick Van Dyke in, involved in anything sexual or even close to it. The thought of it makes me nauseous. Bob B., I'm your friend in the Keys, says, Heard you speaking about Steve Allen. At one time, very funny. Isn't he dead? Yeah, he's dead. But I came across something interesting regarding him. I was researching and found you on, uh, on YouTube, an old Steve Allen show, where a clean-cut Frank Zappa plays a bicycle on the show. What, what does that mean, he plays a bicycle on the show? I don't know. Pretty funny stuff. And Zappa gets Steve to participate. Just a tidbit for you. Zappa rules, says Bob B. Okay. Well, I won't argue with that. 430 votes on our marginal poll, your recreational drug of choice. Booze 204, marijuana 108, none 60. After that, it's small tater tots.
Kathy says, Tom Jicka keeps saying in his column it was the Bradys, ironically, who did have a double bed. The Bradys, is that Tom and Giselle? Mm-hmm. But I've always heard it was Herman and Lily and the Munsters and predated the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch had a double bed. That's because what's-his-name was... Gay. Robert Reed. Right. Was... Gay. And she was doing so, Greg. No, was she? No, that was just a rumor. No, that was real. According to whom? To, like, bios and stuff like that I've seen on TV. Florence Henderson was doing Greg Absolutely. Brady? Absolutely. He said the network okayed it because the show was so much fantasy. The monsters and oddball. The audience wouldn't think anything was going on anyway. Plus, they kept chewing a lily, putting a lily over her heart, and going straight to sleep. Because <laughs> we wouldn't want to like think it. that married couples were actually having sex. No. Kind of like NBC allowing the first interracial kiss on Star Trek between Kirk and Uhura because the story, um, in the story, aliens were forcing them to do it for their amusement. The influence being that it was something awful. The inference, says Kathy. Thanks, Kathy. Kathy cared enough to send her very best. And we were talking about Mama Cass and the uh, sandwich right. a week or two ago, whenever the hell we were on. It says, according to Snopes, Cass Elliott died from fatty myocardial degeneration due to obesity. A heart attack brought about by fatty degeneration of the heart muscle fiber. Nothing was found blocking her mouth or her throat. True. Oh, and you know who this is from? Nope. The king of all media, Sid Rosenstein, Berg, Schwartz, Katz. <laughs> I thought Howard was the king of all media. But then again, Sid kind of morphs into Howard every now and then. Hey, this is Vince for Swine Wow, and you'll be saying, wow, I feel like I'm going to die if you get the swine flu. That's why you need the Swine Wow. Works like a sponge when it comes to the influenza virus. Some kid back from spring break in Cancun cough up a lung on your coffee table? Wipe it up with Swine Wow. Infected saliva, mucus, that's where the disease is. Soak it up with Swine Wow. You following me there, CDC guy? Swine Wow is made in Mexico. Hey, you know the Mexicans make killer stuff. Use the Swine Wow as a surgical mask. I tell you, nothing's getting through the swine wow and if you order now because you know the panic's not going to last forever we'll throw in another swine wow absolutely free swine wow order now you'll say swine wow every time vince one thing about him man he's compelling even if you hate him like poison he's still compelling you know what i mean you can't get him out of your mind what was his real name vince uh, yoshi uh schmendrick I, I don't know <laughs> look it up google it okay sham wow vince some really, he's, he's Israeli. Infoman says, I saw the movie Doubt, says Doug. Doug is so full of it. The principal had the George Bush bonehead attitude. She didn't like something and wanted to get rid of it. The priest was the Sodom of the movie. The movie was about intolerance and what it does to progress. Is that what you got from Doubt, is that it was about intolerance and what it does to progress? Huh? Exactly. The little kid was not manly, according to his mom, and so was the priest, but they didn't do anything. How do we know that? Thus the doubt that intolerant people feel, you're supposed to feel sorry for her, says Infoman. For who, the mom? Why would I feel sorry for her? I don't know. When she says, oh, it's only until June anyway. Yeah, I so let, let, for the kid. Yeah, so let the priest diddle the kid. You know, it's only until June anyway. Yeah, his name is Shlomi. Shlo, Shlomi uh, Schmendrick. Oh, That's Vince from ShamWow. Extra Jewish. Okay, we got some calls lined up, or do those three people vanish? They vanished. Told you. 567-0560. Oh, 
pound 560 on the Verizon and AT&T wireless lines. We still doing those? I think so, yeah. Well, I'm not really sure because we're out of the loop. They have they told us nothing, you know. Oh, here you go. You're in a new building, and uh, go ahead. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't work, and good luck to you. They gave it the old bums rush. Mm-hmm. Anything happening on the phone? I mean, they waited eight months. They were screaming, and yelling, oh, we want the phones. We want the calls, Neil. Nothing that's yet. The... What? Nothing yet. Nothing? Mm-mm. Oh, that's because the delay is, uh, what, about five minutes? At Except least. when we want it to be long, then it's uh, like five seconds. Like yesterday. Oh, we got one if you want to take it. Penguins won last night, by the way. The fake Jim DeFetis said, and go Miro Chutan. Yeah, I like him, too. QAM, hello. Wait a minute. Here you go. Taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have two things that I think Joe Bell would be interested in. Stu um, Bell? Uh, yeah, Joe, uh, Joe Bell, I guess. Um, or even QAM management would probably be interested one uh-huh. is, uh, it's, it's new, it's in good condition, uh, uh, O.J. Simpson jockstrap, uh-huh. and he even signed it there. You got any other calls? <laughs> yeah. QAM, hello. QAM. Welcome to La Paloma. Joey Carr here for La Paloma. Dining and dancing and whining and dining and dancing and nightly entertainment. <laughs> wow. These, these guys with the phones, man, they're right. It's It's... It's uh, incredible. Yep. It's captivating. Well, you got five calls waiting. Really? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if there's anybody that we ever heard from before. Probably. QAM, hello. Hello. Neil. Yes. How you doing? Okay, how you doing? I want to tell you, I was flipping channels last night, and I came across the obnoxious Lou Dobbs, and you'll never believe who he had on as a political analyst. Joey Reynolds. Adolf Hitler. I almost fell off the edge of the bed when I saw Joey Reynolds. I couldn't believe it. No, come on. I'm serious. He was on Lou Dobbs on Headline. As a political News. analyst? As a political analyst. From, I guess he's on WOR now. Yeah. But I, I almost fell over because I didn't know Joey Reynolds really existed until I actually saw him. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Now, that's the bad news. There, not everything in the world is good, and that's some of the bad news. <laughs> Lou Dobbs, huh? Yeah, Lou Dobbs, uh, oh, kill all those Mexicans, kill everybody, a hateful right-wing fascist who pretends to be, like, you know, middle of the road. And what's with the cameras that they use on him? Like, they have this frosting on him. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah, they use Vaseline to cover up the uh, lens. Hmm. Oops, sorry. Ah, oh, now, there, there you go. That's the first time I've heard that in a long time. You ready? QAM, hello. Hey, dudes, how's it going? Okay. Great, great show. I'm your official in a Vanna White Beach corrector. I don't know what that means. Vanna White what corrector? Age corrector? Oh, yeah, we had her age wrong or something like that, and right away he, uh, you know, you made a mistake, you made a mistake, and that's his claim to fame now. Went. That, that's his label. He's the Anna, Vanna White age corrector guy. Okay. Not to be confused with the what did I ever do to you guy or the uh, uh, quarter schlock guy or the, those guys. We got more or what? Yeah. Go see, ahead. I can't see him. I have no dots. I have no. I ain't got no nothing. Mm-mm. Dave Johnson will be with us 11 o'clock tomorrow morning to give us the uh, the lowdown on the Belmont. No, uh, what's your name? No. Rachel Alexandra. She's not running. So mind that turd. I, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really care who wins the Belmont. Do you? No, not really. I'm not going to be betting on it. Oh. What is it? I don't know. You got a guy on on the phone. Yeah, I know. I got a guy on the phone. What is he mumbling? I don't know. QAM, hello. Oh. 
Yes, sir. Glenn 61, I effed him. <laughs> what? Well, congratulations. QAM, hello. QAM. Legal alien Canada. Oh, not him again. Oh, my God. Eight months later, and they're all still out there. All the same losers. <laughs> we only got one more. Same retards. Only one more. Yep. QAM, hello. Miroslav Chatan. <laughs> uh, he, he just emailed me the same crap. Really? Yeah, he's in love with Miro Chatan. You want to take more? Oh, don't tell me you've got more. Let him uh, put him on hold. Okay. Here's one from Rick. Tell Flea to get his Schmidt together and get rid of the uh, Red Bull song and Elmo crap on the uh, thing. It sucks. Okay. They say it sucks. Sure, I'll take it off. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Don't, don't let them um, push you around, okay? Oh, here's a bulletin. Shamwow Vince Slomi was arrested on felony. Yeah, we know all about it. Had the story at Old News. Yeah. Old News with a hooker and she bit his tongue and blah, 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 blah. Old news. And President Lincoln still got a bad headache, too, okay? And he said the place sucked. God. Old, old news. You talk about desperate. Hawk Mark. Oh, boy, this is your buddy from across the street. <laughs> My buddy. Maybe you'll tell us when George starts over there. So what did George say? Or you didn't talk to him. Uh, Cor uh, Josh Cordes did? Yeah, Josh just said uh, nothing new. And what does that mean? I mean, I mean, you know, nothing new, but... Does that mean that's a dead end over there or what? He didn't really say. That's all he told me. I know it's a dead end over here. That's for damn sure. The coldest for him anyway. This has been the graveyard of uh, radio mortals and immortals. The QAM graveyard. Okay, let's see what Hawk Mark has to say. Hey, Neil and Lee. Long time no email. Not long enough. But I've really been busy the past couple of weeks. I'm glad to hear Sid listens to you so intensely to your show. Tell him Andy King hates him. Who's Andy King? Andy King does the early morning, like 5 to 6, and he hangs out and does stuff with Sedano. He's oh, he hates uh, Sid. He's horrible. It says it should unnerve him a little bit, get him really annoyed. Just uh, repeat it a few times when his name comes up. Andy King hates you, Sid. I haven't heard anything regarding the George situation, but then again, Steve White is on vacation this week. I'll keep sniffing and let you know what's going on. P.S. Neil, you have so much money. Can you buy Calvin Burrell some teeth, please? Just kidding, says Hawk Mark. Andy King okay. should not be on the radio. You know who he sounds exactly like? Robert Greeper. Oh, no. Yep. If I've told those people once, I've told them Nine. times. Do not put people on the air who sound like Robert Greeper. Nine. The Grim Reaper, Lord of the Board. <laughs> yeah. The, the oh, God, the Kenny and Blow Morning Show. There was an experiment. Now, that was compelling. Oh, God. It compelled everybody to turn it off. Especially when Bo Campers kept talking about Ethan Skolnick's smelly bowel movements. That was compelling radio. Don't you think? Yeah. It compelled me to drive into a pole. Yeah. That's part of that whole sports nerd thing, man. They even, they even sniff each other's uh, BMs. Boomer says, I remember several episodes of I Love Lucy from back in the initial year of 52. Might have been 51 where they had several scenes with Ricky and Lucy in their bedroom and having one bed. I don't think so. No, he's correct. They were actually the second show. Remember the scene where she's knocked up and craving weird food combinations, eats chocolate ice cream with sardines and some other crap while they're in the big bed? It could have been a queen or a king size. She was really pregnant in real life, and they wrote it into the script. Little Ricky, by the way, the actor playing Little Ricky was not Desi Arnaz Jr., but another paid actor. Boy, Desi Arnaz Jr., that kid had the 
Most incredible eyes. I know that sounds awfully uh, gay, faggy, but it's true. And it says, and Tom Jicka is still bald and stupid. <laughs> the calls remain high on the suckage level. Are not compelling radio. Please, okay, needs a bit more time on voice recognition for the chronics. Yeah. Insofar as when to hit the ever popular release button. Boing, boing. He writes. Boing. Yeah, boing. He's doing a fine job for what you've been given to work with. What he's been given to work with. I'm glad I got model radio these last ten years in the business. Says Boomer, whoever that is. Good I guy. Guess I'm supposed to... What? He's a good guy. Boomer, you know him? Yeah, he's one of George's friends. Oh. Lawrence says, nice experiment with the callers. Have these big guys been on hold for seven or eight months? Because it seems as if they haven't missed a beat. You say you're taking calls, and whammo, there they are. Joe Bell's insight into what's good radio strikes again. Oh, he loves my interaction with the callers, yeah. With these great callers. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like? It's pretty compelling. Neil Rogers. God. It appears that the vacancy left by David Souter in the Supreme Court is about to be filled as President Obama is expected to come out here and tap Sonia Sotomayor. Having been tapped by George H.W. Bush in 1991, she should breeze through Congress and assume the position. Oh, uh, wait a moment. Uh, Bill Clinton has just stepped out. Hey, I want a chance to tap that first. It appears he is trying to tap Sonia Sotomayor before Obama has a chance at her. Hey, Bubba wants to be the first president to tap a Latina judge. Oh, You know boy. what I'm uh, saying? Oof. This, uh, tell me that's not cool. This would probably be the best time to uh, <clears throat> cut the commercial and let the former president take the opportunity to, uh, to uh, explain the penal system to the new nominee. Yikes. 117 at 560 WQAM. So now did Bruce Be Beasley give you all the answers you were looking for? No, I haven't seen him since he walked by me. No, oh, probably when he heard you mention him on ear, he flew in the other direction. He ran. Did he? I I, th I think you should ask him if we're being compelling enough today, number one. And number two, how does he like the new Arbitron system? I know he doesn't like it very much. Really? Yeah. I think you know, what? I think that's why he's here today. Really? Maybe he can talk some sense into Jolly Fat-Ass Joe. Or is it Fat-Ass Jolly Joe? Wouldn't that sure. be great? Yeah. I mean, you know, this panel that they got, I don't know where they got these. They got a lot of sports nerds on there. They ought to kiss the ground for that. But other than that, they got nothing. We got zero. And we're never going to have anything in this deal because our audience is not involved in that panel that they found. Right. And they don't change it. That, that, that's, the most, that's the most damning part of the whole thing. They let about 1,500 people determine for the next two years who's going to have some numbers and who's not. So Paul and Ron, they can sit back and just, you know, laugh up their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find the 18 to 34? Just men? persons. No, I didn't have men. Well, persons should give you a good idea. How many women are listening to Bubba the Love Sponge? I can't imagine many. The Love Sprocket. Well, he should have a pretty big number there if he's still doing whatever he was doing. Although, didn't he take a big drop in that uh, last one? Oh, yeah, he got crushed. Took a big dump in that last one. These numbers are so bogus that there ought to be, there ought to be a congressional investigation is what there ought to be. I know the FCC's looking into it. And if we don't get our equipment fixed, pretty soon they're going to be looking into us. Brother and sister who say they're offspring of a priest from Foxborough, Mass, say they've sued a religious order in the Archdiocese of Baltimore for $10 million in damages for child support. Foxborough, Mass. The priest, the Reverend Francis E. Ryan, was a member of the St. Joseph Society of the Sacred Heart, an order whose headquarters are in Baltimore. The lawsuit filed by Adrian Senna, 63, and Carla Laddie, 56, is the latest chapter in a dramatic family story that's been cloaked in mystery for decades and that crosses religious and racial fault lines.
Growing up in the South, Senna believed he was the second of the three children of Anna Maria, Rhea Franklin Senna, who was black. He had heard rumors of his mother's affair with the white priest, and after his family moved from Roxbury in 1954, Senna said he observed Ryan coming from his mother's bedroom. I wonder what they were doing in there. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, Laddie was searching for her birth mother, Laddie. Carla Laddie. She had been born in 1952 and put up for adoption while Rhea Senna's three older children were living in an orphanage in Alabama. Are you following all this? You're writing it down? Good. In 2006, Laddie learned that Rhea Senna was her mother. Adoption records said her father was a white Irish-American man. DNA testing confirmed that she and Adrian Senna were full siblings. After a story appeared in the Boston Globe in 2006 about their quest for answers about their parentage, relatives of Ryan came forward. Laddie and Senna soon had DNA evidence that they and Ryan were related. Both Ryan and Rhea Senna are deceased. Ryan never acknowledged his paternity. Senna and Laddie assert in their suit, assert in their suit, which seeks both compensatory and punitive damages. We're talking about compensation for things he failed to provide when he was alive and we were young, said Senna. A filmmaker, actor, and musician was reached by telephone at his home in British Columbia. He pursued my mother and the order knew about it. He pursued her and evidently caught up with her. The suit was filed April 1 in Baltimore Circuit Court, according to Carmen Durso, a Boston attorney representing Senna and Laddie, and papers were served yesterday on the defendant's attorney. The Reverend Edward Schifferler, the Josephite Superior General, declined to comment. The Josephites, I wonder what kind of garb they were, you know? Aren't you always impressed by the tremendous, by the schmatas that all these religious nuts wear? Yeah. All these cloaks. In fact, in Rome, once upon a time, I was with a friend in Rome. We were walking down, I don't know, some street. And, and here's a store. It couldn't have been that close to the Vatican because I've never been that close to the Vatican, I don't think. But th that's what they sold was uh, priestly garments. Hmm. Yeah, that's all they sold were schmatas. A spokesman for the archdiocese said the archdiocese is asking to be removed from the suit because Ryan was never a diocesan priest. Bada beep, bada boop, bada boop. He never stole a freight train. All the hanky-spanky all the time. And you dumb people out there, you continue subsidizing it and supporting it. I, I just don't get it. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's one thing I agree with you on. You say a lot of things are crazy, but that is crazy. Subsidizing a bunch of pedophile priests paying for all those lawsuits. The Dow's down 116 points. More Air France wreckage found. It says unlikely the black boxes are ever going to be found. Unless you want to swim around down there at the bottom of the Atlantic. 478 votes on the poll. What's your recreational drug of choice? Alcohol, 227. Marijuana, 116. None, 70. Other, prescription designer, etc., 22. Cocaine, 11. Crystal meth, 7. Heroin, 7. Ecstasy, 6. Sniffing glue, 4. Acid, 4. Hash, 3. And huffing gas, we finally got one. We got one. That must be our one, maybe our one teenager. Yep. That got us that 1.3 share in teens. How can we do the same number in teens that we do in men 2554? Is anybody on the planet, do the people at Arbitron believe it? No! Does anybody believe it? No. How's the phones doing? Right now, we have one call waiting. Oh, not good. Not good. You'd think after eight months, these people would have so much pet-up material stored up that those phones would be just blasting. Well, once Blow you the take phones one, up. they just all start to blow up again. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. In other words, just like the old days, they don't want to hang on. Right. That's one thing you'll learn about this crap is they don't they don't want to hang on. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the Verizon and AT and T wireless line. Let's let's do it. QAM. Hello. 
Yeah, I'm glad you talked about the priest. Yeah, that's the Reverend Jones. Yeah. God, he's terrible. One, one thing about him, he does the worst fake voices uh, in history. Yeah. The worst. You want to take another one? Oh, don't tell me we got more. we got two more waiting. Whoa. QAM, hello. Neil. Yes. How you doing? Okay. I want to tell you, you're better than Timex. Take a lick, licking and keep on ticking. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Joe Joe Bell, he's a, he's a, instead of Jack Russell, he's a Jack Rectum. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Okay, next call. Go ahead. QAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing, buddy? Okay. Hey, are you allowed to speak uh, about what happened about two weeks ago? No. Here? No. All right, never mind. Have a good day. Hey, enjoy okay. your show, bud. Okay, thanks. You got like four waiting if you want more. Four waiting? Yep. Oh, my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. Monkey see, monkey do. I can smell a monkey do all the way up here. <laughs> hello? Okay, you can punch one up. Hey, QAM, hello. 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 It's little Ian from the Jet Road Tall Band, the roadie. Yeah, uh-huh. How you doing? Okay, with a phony voice again. Uh, yeah, that's Reverend that. Jones again with another bad phony voice. Really, really bad. Yeah. QAM, hello. QAM. Who is this? Who are you calling? Um, uh, to get on the show, please. Who are you calling? Uh, um, Neil, Neil Rodney. Okay. This is he. This is what? This is he. This is Neil. Jim? Let me say it again. This is Neil. Hello? <laughs> hey, you're on, man. What's up? God. What do you mean, what's up? You're trying to, you're trying to make cho- chopped liver out of that, out of chicken droppings? Yeah, that's true. Bozo. Retardo. But you got five more whenever you're ready. Well, let's take the break and then build up some courage for it. Oh, Neil. Neil? God? <laughs> Wash your hands for your hell. <laughs> Wash your hands, baby. Scrub them good. Keep them clean. Ooh, baby, 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 this swine flu won't go away. I hear there's many more people being infected each day. Well, I'll make sure that I'm hygienic. None of the germs I'll allow. In fact, I'd rather be alive and be dead anyhow. My honey, my baby, you don't want virus on yourself. I think you'll probably be fine. Just wash your hands for your health. <laughs> all right. Well, now these numbers are these men or these persons you just sent me. This is persons. That's all I have right now. Bubba the Love Sponge. According to the latest uh, fictitious stuff from Beltsville, Maryland, persons 18 to 34, he's got a 3.4 share and ranks number 10. Paul and Ron, an 8.3 share, rank number 3. Right. Syphilis, a point, uh, 0.1 share. 0.1? Yep. I think we got a 0.2 in persons 25, or 18 to 34. We crush sure. him. Huh? We yeah, crush we him. doubled your audience, Miss Syphilis. 18 to 34. Well, most 18 to 34 aren't Nazis. Don't listen to 610. Right. They aren't Nazi youth. God. 
That is, these numbers are just all over the place, you know. What's the point? That's that's my question. Why would anybody pay these grave robbers for this? Uh, you know, you you could take a ten gallon hat and put a bunch of numbers and the call letters of all the stations in there and yank them out and then probably be more scientific than what they're doing. Oh, but the panel this and the panel. Yeah, screw the panel. The Dow's down one twenty two. And let me say it again. It's going to be real interesting to see those nighttime numbers because that that number, like you said, it could be the NBA games. But I doubt it. Well, let's see. Persons 18 to 34 at night, we had a 1-5 share. Oh, that crushes us. Yep. Of course, everything crushes us. And anything to do with sports on this station crushes us. Matter- Which it's interesting for the last 11 and a half years, it was just the other way around. Right. As a matter of fact, it's the uh, second highest rated day part for us with that 1-5. All right. All right. Must be D.A. So you just wait, wait till we catch up with that week when we weren't here for three days and DA was on with a, a variety of goofballs. Mm-hmm. Wait till that kicks in. Wait till they get about a nine share that week. Oh, brother! I mean, wait till they get about a nine share. Robert Reaper, the Grim Reaper, the Lord of the Board. I would sit in here and listen to that swill, and and just want to scream. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Walker may be the nicest guy in the world. I never met him. I don't know. I know he did the PA at the Dolphin Games once upon a time. Still does, I think. He still do? Yeah. Oh. But, wow. If there was one thing he was not cut out for was that Kenny and Blow morning show. That was just... That was not compelling radio. No. It compelled was... me to just go nuts. It was terrible. Especially when I'd have to hear about Ethan Skolnick's bowel movements. That, that was... Those were the days when they had all the sports writers. It was like a, a cluster uh, schmuck. Wow. And you've got six calls holding. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, let's punch one up. I bet they're going to be great. QAM, hello. Okay. 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 We both hit. Yeah, exactly. Now, did you, my, mine must have worked. Yeah, I think it did. I think they both worked. No. Now, guess what? Our, our dump buttons work now, okay? So you're wasting your time. Oh! Yeah, let's hear it. They work. <laughs> <laughs> Only took two and a half weeks, but wow, they work. Man, what what a technical disaster. QAM, hello. QAM. Uh, yeah, Mark on a mobile. I, uh, Neil mentioned a guy yesterday on the air when the, the music thing, uh, a guy named J. Frank Wilson. Mm-hmm. Last Kiss. Last Kiss. Yeah. And I want to know if you can look up in his book, because somebody told me that J. Frank Wilson is actually Wayne Cochran. Got to go down here in Miami, had a... Uh, big band back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. But I don't know if you can verify if that's true. Jay I'll Google Frank it. I'll Google it for you, okay? Pardon me? I'll Google it for you. I'll let oh, you know okay. in a minute. Okay, thanks. So hold on. Okay. No, don't hold on. Just listen to the radio. Yeah. Or hold on if you want to, but, you know, he, he never knew he was talking to me. You talking to me? Okay, J. Frank Wilson. Oh, where, oh, where did my baby go? Uh, let's see, Wikipedia, lead vocalist, Frank Wilson and the Cavaliers, born in Lufkin, Texas, yada, yada, yada. He did this, he did that, the yada, yada, yada. Last Kiss was written by Wayne Cochran, who had based the song on a car accident in Barnesville, Georgia, where he had lived. The song was originally produced by Wayne Cochran and the CC Riders with little success. How do you like that? Wow. So he, you know, he had the connection there. 
In fact, I think, I'm thinking back in the day, I think Craig Worthing used to have Wayne Cochran as a guest all the time. Back in the old KAT days. See what you missed? Yeah. And Holy Joe? And Ernie Sochin and the biorhythms? And Henry Rothblatt? Doctor! Doctor! Now, there was a, you talk about compelling. He's been dead a long time, but. Oh. The great criminal attorney, Henry Rothblatt. He was one of my favorite guests, and boy, he hated the medical profession, and he died because he had a big tumor on his wrist, huh. and he wouldn't seek medical treatment, and he died from cancer. Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah. One night I had him on my show, and I, I didn't want to say anything. You know, it's awkward. What's that big black thing growing on your wrist? You know, Henry? Right. <laughs> doctor! Doctor! And he was right about the butchers in the medical profession and the hospitals and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Doctor! Great guest. That was back in the days of guests. Now, you want to start booking some really compelling guests, like like maybe... Um, Dave Johnson? No, no, Dave Johnson's tomorrow. Okay. I'm talking about for future shows. Like maybe, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to think of a compelling guest. Rick Sanchez? Rick Sanchez would be uh, not compelling. <laughs> that, would, that would be a good... Uh, compelling or not compelling? That's like gay or not gay on the Kenny and Blow gay. morning show. Square the square table. Your buddy Toast brought that over there from across the street, I understand. That's true. He was partially responsible for the demise of that, for the disaster that that show was. Toast. Now, well, where is he? Is he across the street? He's with Paul and Ron. Oh, my God. No wonder they got that big number. Not. Toast is on with Paul and Ron. If He's he can back. do for them what he did for Kenny and Blow, they'll have a, they'll have a uh, something oh. pretty soon. I mean, doesn't that tell you right out of the box how bogus these numbers are when you see them with like 10 and shares and 13 and whatever? What was it? 12.5, that one? 12.5 share. That's one out of every eight men in the morning is listening to Paul and old Ron. Right. Recycle old material. A lot of it mine, a lot of it fills. Anybody else's but theirs. Paul, given the Toronto weather, based on what I said the day before. It's uh, murky, by the way, Paul. It's not too, uh, not too, to although it's supposed to be toasty starting tomorrow through the weekend. Thank God. It's about time. It's been cold and nasty and windy. 17. It's 63 here right now. It's going to reach 19. 66. Sunny and 66 tomorrow. Sunny and 73 on Friday, and Saturday, sunny and 22. There's the Toronto weather forecast, you know. Be sure and use it with care tomorrow. How, how do people get away with that? Stealing other people's material and then do it blatantly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Brazenly. A brazen display of speed, as Tom Durkin would say. But I hope he doesn't mess up the call on the Belmont like he did in the uh, Derby. Keep your eye on Mind That Bird. I, I, I don't know if I want him to win or not. I just don't want to see Calvin o, o Borrell whooping and whipping and screaming like a crazy person, you know, after the race. Right. Puts on a, he puts on, I mean, it's one thing to get excited, obviously. It's, they're big races and a lot of money and stuff. But I, I just don't want to see that routine repeated a third time. Oh, God. Oh, and Mom and Dad, I wish they could be here to see it. And he's looking up in the sky, you know. What, what are these people looking up for in the sky, like all these athletes? Guy scores a touchdown, he's looking up in the sky, and he's pointing, pointing to the sky, you know. Right. Which means maybe a pigeon just hit him on the head. I don't know. Pointing at the sky. Maybe, maybe he's talking to the spirit in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's going around these days. Norman Greenbaum is compelling a lot of people to point to the sky. See, he was on to something. Yeah, he was on something, all right. And those people that voted for him as being the best uh, one-hit wonder of all time, they must have been on something, too. And I bet you it's on our list. Probably they've been huffing gas. we got two now huffing gas. All right. They're probably competing at your neighborhood shell station. 
Thanks, Mr. President, by the way, for consorting with those Saudi bastards over there and sucking up to them. He, I don't know. I like him personally, but as president, he just so far has left me a little limp. You know what I mean? I like him a lot, but I'm unconvinced yet. 500 votes on the poll, not too shabby. I'm pretty impressed, aren't you? That's a brand new poll, went up there early this morning, I believe. Yeah. And we got 500 votes. According to the people in Beltsville, Maryland, that's four times as many as we have listening. Listening to Neil Rogers. Neil Rogers, guys. The following announcement is paid for by Adidas, Nike, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Hanes Underwear. Yo, what's up? This is LeBron James. Give me a little love. Yeah. Come on, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a basketball phenom out of Akron, Ohio. Yeah, Home of Firestone Tires for your car, truck, or SUV. Yeah. Can I get a little bit of love on them? Firestone Tires, my brother. Now, the Ohio State Athletic Association has suspended me for the rest of the season. Oh, man! I know, right? And declared me uh, unintelligible or something because yeah. I accepted two old school sports jerseys. Oh, come on! understand what the hell I done wrong. Unlike most people, I got lots of birthdays during the calendar yeah, year. You know what? People like to give me things like this here Pepsi twist. A twist on a great thing. Right, right, all right, all right, right. Anyway, drink Pepsi. I'm just a normal 18-year-old high school student who just happens to drive a $50,000 Hummer. A diamond earring the size of a small child's head. That's right, look at that thing. Oh, K Jewelers. Cause every kiss begins with K. Bling bling, baby. Right? I don't get the whole big thing, chicken wing. I may still go to college. <laughs> I got some of the offers right here. Check this one. An unnamed school that's nestled in the bluegrass area. I got that. Offers a penthouse apartment. Right. A penthouse pet. And a lifetime subscription to Penthouse Magazine. <laughs> I see they're offering like a theme package deal. Here's another institution in the heart of the Chapel Hill area, which will go unnamed. It says they'd be honored to have me. They have boxed up and sent to me a naked Russian woman direct from Russia, which I keep for my own boy, right? I haven't unpacked it yet, but she's knocking and screaming and whatnot. I have my boy Tyrell here puts it in the garage with my box of Cougarans from an unnamed university closely associated with a Wolverine. Man, it's a heavy box, man. That garage is spilling over. Anyway, I got to get back to class now with my boys. No, no, no. We got to go. We got to go. I already missed like three months so far. Oh, snap. I just spilled my Pepsi twist on my new Hugo Boss suit. Look at this. I got a little McDonald's special sauce on there. Oh, by the way, come on and party with the Big Mac, where for a limited time, you visit one participating McDonald's and buy a Big Mac, you get another one for 35 cents. 35 cents. It's your birthday. It's your Big Mac. It's your birthday. Proceeding has been paid for by Foot Locker, an unnamed university in the Nutmeg State, and Deaf Comedy Jam. 147 at 560. If it was good enough to start the show with, it's good enough to almost end it. It's old, by the way. That's an oldie. About Lebron. Mm-hmm. If it's Hebron, then why isn't it Lebron? I don't know. Maybe maybe all these guys are pronouncing his name wrong all this time. Could maybe be. it's Lebron. Huh? Lebby. Sure. Or Libby. Scooter Lebby. If Joe Rose misses a day anytime soon, we're going to start the rumor that he eloped with uh, Levy. 
Can you tell me what the obsession is with these dumb basketball players? What is that all about? Kobe and Lebby and this one and that one. And then, of course, don't forget about yeah. and the icy sleeve. <laughs> you ever wear the icy sleeve? Never. Well, that's your problem. You'd probably be making big bucks producing this show if you ever came in with the icy sleeve on. Then they would fear you. I'll wear one tomorrow. Guaranteed. The fake Michael Phelps has got a great idea for a compelling guest. You want to hear it? Yeah. It says you should have Stormcat on the show. You better book him now. He's a very busy and important man. <laughs> Stormy. He can give us the lowdown on Lebron, Lebron, Hebron. Stormy. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> I think he'd be great. Absolutely. On somebody else's show. He already is just the same as a guest. See, I don't know about you, but I'm just not one that's really big. This goes way, way back to my early days doing talk on KAT 100 years ago. I was never big on chronic regular callers. I always thought that they were just a kiss of death. Your take? Mm, Your really thoughts? Have one. I don't have any on that. You don't have any opinion on that? Nah. I mean, if the guest is good, the guest is good. If not, then they're not. No, no, I didn't say guest. I'm talking about, I said chronic callers. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a lot of those. I'm not big on those. No, me neither. Oh, boy. Back in those days... In fact, back in the day when we used to have like four talk stations, WNWS, WINZ, WGBS, and WIOD. Four talk stations. Can you imagine that? And none of them were talking about sports all day. Mm. IOD had its sports talk for two hours, and that was it. And WNWS, we didn't have any sports talk, except I think on a weekend. We had some ball games and stuff. How did you guys survive? I don't know. A major miracle, major mystery, I guess. How do we survive without sports talk? Good question. <laughs> and boy, were there, there you could you could listen to the radio and turn from one station to another and hear the same caller like two minutes later on another station. And what we also used to get was, oh my gosh, do you hear what so and so just said about you on the Larry Kent show and like, like that, you know? Right. Radio Yentas, chronic radio Yentas. So that's just my take. I, I think chronic regular call. I mean, if they're that good, give them their own show, you know. If they're that compelling. Stormy at night. Stormy at night. Placid in the day and stormy at night. Or like Lowell Shoemaker, the old turkey buzzer, said in Sarasota, Peter in the morning and fever all night. Peter Johns. <laughs> I couldn't believe he said it, but he did. When I scrape myself off, off the floor, there have been those moments, those radio moments over the years, when you start laughing so hard and you just lose it, you know? Right. I remember the one time Peter Clayton, the late restaurant critic, was on with Bill Calder. And he brought in a can of something that looked suspiciously like dog turds. <laughs> and he took out a spoon, he opened the can, and he began eating them on the air. Ugh. Very delicately. I mean, this this was a guy who put on the air of, you know, like uh, Dick Fatherly, that same kind of, you know, my stuff don't stink. Restaurant critic, you know, the the type. Yeah. And he's eating like, looks like dog turds, you know. I, mean, I started laughing so hard, I, pro I had to prop myself against the wall, and I definitely peed my pants. I mean, I don't recall for sure. <laughs> it's contagious, too, when you're listening to it on the radio and you hear people laughing, you kind of laugh along with them. Yeah, like the Bob and Tom bits. Yeah. Now, there's some people who think that that's over the top. I think it enhances the funniness of the bit. Of course, most of the really good bits we can't play anymore, but nevertheless. I like Bob and Tom a lot. 
especially back when they were funny when they could do their thing. They're they're another they're another couple of guys who you know have been around for a long time and they've been deballed thanks to Janet Jackson and Justin Tinkerbell and they don't even have Joyce to contend with. Now let me ask you, how's how's Bubba doing with the uh, Joyce factor on the West Coast? That's a good question. I have no idea. But his uh, show is a lot more blue than yours. That's for sure. Yeah, it blows. Well, it blew. Love is Blue by Paul Moriart. There's one we missed yesterday. Let's go back and reopen that again. Okay. One Hit Wonders. Paul Moriart. Da, da. Maybe it was on there. I don't know. There were so many songs on there. Every song that was ever done. And you know, in Fort there. Myers, they might be doing what they did here with uh, Howard Stern, just dumping oh, it and dump, dumping dump, it and dump, playing dump, the dump, music. Dump, dump. And, oh, it was, uh, it was terrible. Don't even put Sorry. it on. Huh? Then don't even put it on. If you're going to dump it the way they were dumping Howard Stern yeah, well, down here. Yeah, the Stern thing was ridiculous. I mean, they, 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 they poked enough holes in that to make his show like a piece of Swiss cheese. Right. It was bad. And he still got a big number, and I had a bigger number following him. How do you like that? Because there weren't a bunch of sports nerds listening to Howard. But it's just, uh, you know, mix and match, and we don't mix and we don't match. It's day oh! in Miami town. Uh, 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 absolutely. At 560 WQAM. Take your coat and shove it. I ain't going to worship him no more. Oh, God. I've had enough of all the primitive fairy tales and folklore. I'm getting tired of giving money away to all the Christian corporate poor. You can take your coat and shove it. I ain't worshiping him no more. Well, I was a Christian soldier of God, believer all these years. All that time I followed every word of the scriptures written by queers. Catch keys, say he's a powerful God, and then all knowing in a mighty way. Except in 9 11 when he must have been gone on a bus friend's holiday. Take your God and shove it. Bye-bye!